0: Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number one of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number, which is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so do enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Well, I suppose we should start things out tonight with uh, whatever sort of recapping or commentary that any of us have on the uh, the debates from last night, since that was sort of the hot uh, issue,
1: the everything, the, the thing that some Americans were paying attention to. I suppose, uh, Mark, I saw a little bit. Um, I, I didn't get to see everything that Ron Paul did in the debates last night, but that's on like, YouTube now. It's like about it, it's only like five and a half minutes. I haven't got to see everything. I got to see very little, um, which is, a segment, and then it was everybody answering.
0: Which it. is why there's no reason to watch the actual full debates because mm-hmm. it's nine blabber blathering fools, and then you know five minutes of Ron Paul amidst what was it over 90 minutes long? The entire thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a very
2: very long Two debate, hours, pretty much. So I mean, you're wasting your time watching the full length thing. Wayne, did you see any of it? I did. Uh, from what I saw of it, I noticed a couple things. One, that a lot of the candidates were starting to try to sound more like Ron Paul. Really? Yeah. And and then I also noticed that, uh, of course, that they s- excluded him a little bit. They had him at the very far right. Which they've had him on the far right before as well. Yeah. Well, they did it again. They had him on the far, mm-hmm. far right. Uh, the audience seemed to be r- really responding well to him, unlike uh, last time around when it, when it seemed like it was a house full of neocon sympathizers. Yeah. So that was good. There was a lot of good response in the crowd. I
0: actually didn't hear any of the response because in the, uh, the YouTube version I saw, they cut it so quick after he was done talking that I didn't really get to hear any of that. So that's yeah. good to know. Yeah.
2: And, and it's, even Romney seemed to be more strong about views on things because he seemed to understand that that was a positive thing.
0: Yeah, I heard that somebody else, I don't know if it was Romney or, or whoever, I heard that someone else up there utilized the term free market. Yes, uh, during the evening.
2: Yeah, and, and mention the Constitution. One of them mentioned the Constitution. One of them mentioned Benjamin Franklin, how when he came out from, from signing the Constitution and they asked him what type of government it was, he said, a republic if you can keep it. I almost fell off my chair.
0: Well, inevitably, uh, you're going to get mentions of the Constitution. I mean, there are going to be pandering to the, that sort of base, that small government base. That's how George Bush, uh, George W. Bush, won in 2000. He was the small government candidate. That's how he advertised himself. He wasn't going to nation build. He was, you know, smaller government was on his campaign signs in in downtown Sarasota, Florida, where I lived at the time. And I mean, he, I, somebody called in a few days ago saying that he had actually even come out s- somewhat against marijuana or against uh, the the or i guess for rather the legalization of marijuana to some extent I mean, there were all kinds of things that he said before he got elected, and then everything changed after he got elected. So, you know, that's to be expected. And that's sort of what we predicted was going to happen, especially with Ron Paul in the race. You're going to hear more uh, pandering to that sort of crowd, the pro-freedom crowd, because that's that's what's going to get these guys votes. And, And if they can make themselves sound like Ron Paul, then... Maybe the the Americans that had been watching are going to tell themselves, oh well, you know, they say, oh he sounds kind of like Ron Paul. I like, and, and he's more of a well known candidate, and he's prettier than Ron. I'll vote for him. Until you look at their voting record, right? But most Americans won't look at their voting record.
2: I think you'll see more now. I th- I think that these a lot of these people are not fooling anybody anymore because of the internet and because of the easy access to information. It's more difficult for these politicians to snow everybody when they have the real guy right there on stage with them. It's a good point, and uh, Ron uh, Ron Paul certainly has an uh, internet activist,
0: unlike any of those other guys. Uh, I mean, Ron Paul, the number one subscribed to YouTube channel. I think he's up in the top of the eventful um, the, the, the eventful requests. There's all kinds of different internet indicators of Ron Paul's success. It's not translating into the real world, so to speak, quite yet, and there are some reasons for that, some real um, firm demographic explanations. A, most people using the Internet are of a younger demographic. Sure, it's the number one most popular hobby for old people, that's true, Um, but as far as percentage of Internet users, it tends to be a younger person sort of a, a game. And so you're, you're seeing a lot of response on the Internet polls. I know, Mark, you had a, some of those numbers for us tonight. Um, you're seeing a tremendous amount of response for Ron Paul. In many cases, Ron Paul scoring, I think that Vote.com poll was over 70% voting for Ron Paul. So there's some really amazing numbers out yeah. there on the internet yeah. for
2: him. I think there are, he's also capturing a lot of that half of the U.S. population that doesn't vote because they're disgusted. Right. And they see a real, a real person up there who's speaking the truth, and it's inspiring a lot of people who don't vote, even anarchists. The uh, silent, to... the silent majority, as as I call them. Yeah. And and that's an
0: important factor. Because it, and it ties back into this demographic story that I was talking about. You've got these uh, the the silent majority. They don't vote. They they rarely participate. And why should they bother? There's usually no one worth voting for. But in this case, there there finally is. And so when when you look at the numbers in the real world of Ron Paul, as far as how he's doing in the polls, the the legitimate polls, the ones that aren't internet polls. Well, then he's not really showing up very well. Now, he has increased in those polls, which is a good sign. He's gone from, what was it, 1% to 3%. So, you know, that's a pretty good um, indicator. But when you actually look at the methodology of the poll, you find out that in that particular instance, they had interviewed or they had called up likely Republican primary voters. Now, who's the most likely demographic to go out and vote in a Republican primary? Old people. Yes. Yep. 65 Old people. You got it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And those people are not as likely to be internet active uh, people. I right. think so it's,
2: it's also an outmoded uh, method of polling because a lot of people
1: don't answer their phones anymore because they have caller ID. They can see who it is and they won't answer. And I, it had, a, I had a machine that wouldn't allow you to get through. Um, it, it, it stopped the automated callers or something like that somehow. And... Uh, You know, I I didn't get them. I still don't get them. And I'm glad you brought up the phones as well, because I think Toby touched on this last night. I don't know if it was
0: on on air or off air. But anyway, he pointed out, and rightfully so, that when you had the Fox News poll with the cell phone poll, who's more likely to have a cell phone? Young, young people. people. So mm-hmm. Ron Paul took that, took the cake on that one. But who's likely to not have, uh, what age demographic is likely to not have a home phone, a landline phone?
1: Young people. Young so, people. Especially so, 25 to 34, th- below 30, the age of 34, likely to not have. Right. Them. So they have voice over IP
2: has... lines rather than a uh, uh, landline. And those aren't listed in the phone book, That's to right.
3: my knowledge.
0: That's right. I, so I, again, the young people, uh, as far as traditional polling methods are concerned, aren't even on the map. Right. And so it's it's skewed. When when
2: all these news organizations are reporting, oh, Ron Paul, he's only showing up in these Internet polls. It doesn't mean anything. The polls, they say, but the polls, like they're the, the, the master, big daddy poll that means everything. Right, and it's it's skewed. It's, it's skewed because um, young people don't have regular
0: phones, and young people aren't likely voters as far as Republican primaries mm-hmm. are concerned. So yes. everything could be – I hope Ron Paul sticks with this. I think he's going to – that seems to be – where the the campaigns going? They just revamped their website. It looks much better now. Have you been there recently, like yes. the past couple days? It looks a lot more professional now, and that's a good move on their part. He's, he's,
1: from what I can tell, he's at, if he didn't win the last three debates, the, the only three debates, the three debates, if he didn't win them, he darn sure came close. I mean, some mm. polls had him running away with it. CNN has him at 56% of CNN voters say that Ron Paul, um, let's see, won the debate. Uh, who seems to have the, mo- know the 56%. most? Fifty six percent, a I'm majority
0: told. of voters in a ten man race.
1: Yeah. Um, number two, the, they have. <laughs> That's seven, significant. Seven questions here. Who seems to be the most? Um, know the most about the issues? Ron Paul, fifty five percent. Who had the best one liner or comeback? Ron Paul, thirty eight percent. I'm not sure which which one they're talking about, but uh, now uh, the pundits don't say anything
0: like. He this. had a great line about uh, enforcing freedom at the barrel of a gun. Mm. Um, yes. In- In his segments.
1: And uh, number five, the fifth question is, uh, whose performance was most surprising? Ron Paul, 36%. Um, Whose campaign got the biggest boost from the debate? Ron Paul, 50%. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's got uh, five out of the eight categories. And some of the categories, um, who had the most disappointing performance? Who wants to win that, right? You know, it's very well possible,
0: and obviously I'd like to hear you guys listening's opinion on this at 800-259-9231. But I think it's very well possible that the Internet has matured to a point at which the Internet is going to be the most key factor to whoever wins this next election in 2008.
2: There was also a story last week, I believe, where they were showing some of the Google searches, and Ron Paul had dwarfed everyone uh, in a a search. uh, The phrase went, Ron Paul for president, 2008. Uh, He he was over and above the uh, the leader, even over Democrats. He's
0: dominating in the uh, Alexa rankings as well, which, you know, that's iffy, it's questionable. But there's so many different indicators that say, you know, and there are a lot of them, as we pointed out last week, that just can't be gamed. A lot of these, like the meetups, um, Ron Paul's got a whole bunch of meetups, and those cost money to set up. So... I think that the I think the mainstream media is completely underestimating the internet's importance in this particular yeah. uh, in Let's this show pre- presidential election. Let's yeah, show that's right. People. They're going to learn a damn hard lesson. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The lesson's going to be that Americans still want to be free. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line for you. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, completely free, including archives. Entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience. Just go and get them. They're free. freetalklive.com. Do you know if your hard-earned wealth is at risk? If you have a business, there's a one-in-three Chance you'll be named in a lawsuit in the next year, and that lawsuit could destroy your business and leave you penniless, and keepyourassets.net. They're experts in sheltering what you've earned. Go to keepyourassets.net and take their asset protection crash course today. That's keepyourassets.net. So, still, uh, I guess some final comments on the whole debate situation from last night, talking about how, just in general, the internet is going to be a really critical factor to the Ron Paul campaign. In fact. One could argue it already has been. Yeah, I, um, I think that would one would have to argue that. Were it not for the internet, Ron Paul probably would be dead in the water. I think at this point. And uh, well, you've always said
1: the internet's going to change politics, and yep. I, I, I I don't know if I even believed that. Uh, I it just I just let it pass one um, well, pass its by. Its role me. its role increases in importance
2: every election cycle. That's right. I was going to say the last election with Howard Dean, it bubbled up a little bit. But Howard Dean wasn't didn't have the broad appeal that Ron Paul has.
1: Right. You know, it's funny how Howard Dean got um he got all kinds of accolades for being the internet candidate on the Democratic side. Ron Paul, he gets vilified for it. Right. You're spamming our polls. What does spamming a poll mean? I mean what does it mean? I don't know. No. Uh, I mean, the
0: allegation is a couple of, you know, a handful of people are re, uh, reinitializing their IP address in order to
1: continue voting over and over. Again. How could they possibly do that? Are you telling me you it have, would take a lot of effort? It would, it would. And people, um, you know, they're claiming that we're incompetent. We can't design a poll that people can't cheat on.
0: Yeah. By the way, there was uh, somebody who was arrested at the debate last night. Uh, one of the reporters for Infowars.com was apparently picked up for uh, the charges were, I guess, trespassing, criminal
2: trespassing. What a bunch of baloney.
0: And according to uh, PrisonPlanet.com, they had press passes. They were supposed to be there. Now, they have video footage of this guy um, being arrested. And to be fair, the dude's kind of a jerk. Uh, He's he's asking a question of one of uh, Rudy Giuliani's staff members. And, you know, it's in regards to the whole 9-11 thing, which I personally could care less about. But the guy doesn't want to answer the question, and you know he keeps asking the question over and over again, and he obviously doesn't want to answer it, so he's trying to move on to the other reporters. And you know the guy keeps getting up in his face. So I could certainly understand having security remove the man from that particular area, or perhaps remove him from the event entirely. But to slap him with a charge and to arrest him uh, seems a little bit out of line to me. I mean, even though the guy was being a jerk... I don't think that being a jerk
2: is reason to be arrested. I think there was another issue he was questioning Giuliani about regarding uh, the uh, highway, about Giuliani's um, uh, financial interest in this, the proposed uh, NAFTA superhighway. I
0: think, yeah, I think that was another guy. I don't know if it was the same guy, but uh, just to give you a few details on this case, because it is interesting, and they are going to be pursuing criminal indictments against the New Hampshire State Police uh, that were involved in uh, in this, as well as uh, Rudy Giuliani's. Good luck with that. Staffers. Sorry, what? Good luck with the uh, criminal indictment. Right. Uh, anyway, apparently one of the members that was on the floor, Luke Rudkowski, also related how he was silently filming the fracas when Giuliani Staffers, and in particular one unidentified female, started hitting and attempting to steal his camera. Before Lepicek and Rudowski, these are two of the uh, reporters, were pointed out by the staffers and five to seven police arrived to grab them and throw them out of the building. The female staffer was witnessed to be instrumental in alerting the police to the crime of Lepicek, asking a question that the Giuliani camp wasn't comfortable with. Rudkowski was, was assaulted and questioned on who he was working for, despite the fact that he hadn't even asked a question and was standing separately from Lipicek. Lipicek was told that other eyewitnesses saw police uh, the police stamp on one of the cameras as it lay on the floor. Another eyewitness said the entire arrest was being clearly directed by the Secret Service, who are ordering the police to threaten anyone who asked questions about the incident with arrest, which isn't unheard of. We just talked last night about a story in New York City where the police came, cut the uh, chains off of 50 bicycles, allowed just random people on the street to walk away with them, took 15 of them for themselves, and then arrested a man who was asking, you know, why are you doing this, and then as he was being arrested. They arrested a nurse who was standing nearby for asking about why they were arresting the man. So these aren't people that are committing any sort of crimes. They're just asking questions asking of the questions cops. questions about the police. And the cops don't like that. Lepichek was later released on $400 bail, but faces charges of criminal trespassing, even though he'd obtained a CNN press pass well in advance, and the debate was a public event. State police have refused to hand back the electronic equipment that they seized from the group, like the cameras and that sort of thing. Uh, CNN staff attempted to dissuade the police from arresting Lepichek, so the organizers of the event said, look, you don't need to do this. But they did anyway. uh as he was let out of the parking lot, but they were ignored. Presidential candidate Ron Paul was informed about what had occurred and stated words to the effect that while we're supposed to be spreading freedom and democracy abroad, we couldn't even handle it in New Hampshire. (laughs) And so sort of uh, just a a sort of a. Negative thing that happened at the debate last night. If we just wanted to share that with you as, as that develops. If uh, if it develops into something interesting, we'll certainly keep you up to date. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You could take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. Let's go to Eric in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Eric. Eric in hey guys, Michigan.
4: Uh, I consider myself to be pretty libertarian, but right. I agree with unrestrained capitalism.
0: Well, okay. what do you mean?
4: Well, I think that... In the olden days, uh, if you had a free, uh, completely liberty-based system, uh, liberty-based market system, then everything would be just fine because you didn't have these huge corporations. You didn't have these you know giant overarching companies that could just take over whole towns and what have you. But ever since the steel magnates, I don't really think that it works properly because you get one company that can take over an entire town, and competition just can't be brought in. It's not feasible.
1: Now, what do you mean um, take over a town? Like...
4: Let's say they buy up all the property in the town. They okay. own everything. You know, everybody gets paid by them. Everybody has to buy their products from them, mm-hmm. just because they're so large. They Pianism. put everyone else out of
1: business. Peonism. Um, that's that's what it. Ha- that's what happens when you well, have to work for a company and you have the company store and all that other stuff. Can You say that on the radio. <laughs> you can. Um, when it comes to situations like that. Um, you know, it. the reason that peonism existed is because they were sort of populating new areas. A company would move a person out to wherever it is that they needed things done. And uh, they would supply them with, uh, you know, that's why they had the company store and those kind of things. But today with cars and airplanes and things like that, it seems like people can sort of go where they want and, um, you know, use right. what they want. I mean, if, if a company's uh, becoming overarching and uh, it is it, a problem, then... I can say, you know, I don't want to work for Walmart and buy all Walmart stuff anymore. Walmart's a bunch of jerks. I'm out of here.
0: Right. And in in a free marketplace... there 'd be a lot of competition, and so companies wouldn 't be able to become as powerful and as, uh, as huge as they currently are as many of them utilize the government uh, the, the control right. of the government to help themselves grow and you know the government and uh, these corporations work hand in hand together, so having the government around actually increases corporate power right and as far Walmart as Walmart has
1: the politicians in his po- in their pockets that's
0: right
2: Walmart has their mouth uh, right under the money spigot, like a lot of other big corporations do
0: and as far as a company taking over a town. Don't you think that the townspeople would sort of figure out relatively quickly that, you know, there was a company coming through there to buy up all the properties? Those, I suppose... And if,
1: if you did, if they did buy up all the property, wouldn't I make a lot of money selling my house to them and then have the ability to leave? Right. I, I wanted yeah. to keep discussing this with you,
0: Eric, so hang okay. on. We'll bring you back. 800-259-9231. Because I think there are a lot of people that share his concerns, the concern that the uh, you get rid of the government and then we're just going to be owned and ruled by evil corporations. Is it even possible? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show you take control of the airwaves, toll free at 800-259-9231. The Sekel CAI toll free line, it's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free. That does include the wiki, over 1,350 pages created by listeners like you. It's like the uh, the listener editable version of our website. Head over to wiki.freetalklive.com to see what that's all about, wiki.freetalklive.com. And are you prepared for the day the dollar drops to zero? D2Z.org proposes that day is near. Go to D2Z.org and learn how to survive and thrive during the U.S. dollar crisis. D2Z.org. So let's go back to Eric in uh, Michigan. Eric, you're back on Free Talk Live. Now, um, you heard what we had to say. Um, your proposal or your, I guess, scenario that's kind of scary is that uh, if you were to get rid of the government and have true, true, a, a truly free market, or capitalism as you called it, um, then in that case you're concerned that a company is going to come into an area, buy everything up, own all of the stores, own everything, and, you know, I'm not sure exactly what they would do. Would they enslave the population? I mean, what would it, what would the company do at that point, once they, presumably if they were able to actually buy up an entire town?
4: Well, here's a scenario that would bother me. Like, let's say that uh, Walmart goes to some Montana town, you know, little jerkwater town, okay. and they set up a shop there. That's going to knock all the mom-and-pop shops out of business because Walmart's a huge corporation. Wait,
0: now hold on. Are they buying up the whole town or are they just setting up no, their store? No, let's just
4: they're putting down a store, just a single store.
0: Well, I, I'm sorry. There's a Walmart here in Keene, New Hampshire. And, Mark, aren't there plenty of mom-and-pop businesses around sure. here? Sure, mom-and-pop
1: right. businesses offer distinct um, you know, services that Walmart cannot. Right. Like, for instance, I just bought a bicycle. I didn't buy it from uh, Walmart, but I did buy it from Target, which is the, uh, you know, the, the upper-middle-class version of Target. Or excuse me, of uh, Walmart. Walmart. It would, you know, pretty much the same company. Now I rode that bicycle one day, and you know, it kind of creaked. You know, it wasn't very well put together. And I decided, you know, I don't want this bicycle. I took it back to Target, got my money back, and I went to Andy's Cycle. Um, and That's exactly what we did, by the way. Right. I, I got it, two stinkers. Same thing happened to to Ian. Two stinkers from Walmart. Took them both back.
2: Went We're, to a Andy's. Real bike shop.
1: Yep. So um, mom, and pop, mom and pop offer a distinct, um, distinct competition to Walmart. They have to change the way they do things. I will give you that. But that's what the marketplace is about. Mm-hmm.
2: Not only that, but, but right now Walmart can do that. So what's the difference? And the problem is a lot of people confuse corporatism and mercantilism for capitalism. And there's a huge difference because uh, in true free market capitalism, if a company like Walmart is doing a good job, they're going to get customers, but they, they can't use the government to protect them from competition or from liability. So if they do something wrong, some other competitor is free to pop up out of nowhere and compete with them and kick their butts. You mentioned protection from liability, Wayne. Yes. And that's
0: I'm an important factor
4: that. here. I'm um, not playing the government's doing anything well right now. It's just I think that it's good if uh, people can... Uh, redress the government if they believe that there's a monopoly going on. I think that's really the only...
1: But no, that's just it. You see, right. um, the, the, monopolis- government, the government is the problem when it comes to monopolies. Oh, right. not the solution. Right. And that's what we've been told all along. The government can somehow solve the monopoly problem. Right. But let's... Let, uh, let's there are two types of monopolies. There are
0: coercive monopolies, and then there are market monopolies. And uh, it's important to understand the difference between the two. In a coercive monopoly, the government is involved in that the government is saying, okay, you must get your power from... XYZ Power Company. You or don't have cable, any other or, or your cable or whatever. You don't have any other choices water. or you know, you're you're only, you're going to be the only store that's going to be allowed to be built in this town, whatever. It has to be granted by the government because otherwise in a free marketplace, anybody else can come in with a little bit of capital and start up their own competing organization. They can break that monopoly automatically by starting up competition in the marketplace. Uh, And, and, and of course, it's the government that prevents that from happening um, otherwise. When the government sets up all these rules, regulations, licensing fees, and all of that crap, they're being asked to do it by the existing corporations in order to keep new, new competition from coming into the marketplace. So the only time a coercive monopoly exists is with the government. Now, the other one's a market monopoly. And it's very rare that a market monopoly will actually happen. The only way it can ever happen... Is if that company is serving its customers so well, it's super serving its customers with great prices, great products, great service. It's doing such a great job that nobody is interested in coming into the marketplace. To right, compete and I would challenge it. anyone
1: mm-hmm. to uh, give me an example anywhere and any time in history. It's only theoretical, of a, right, of a right. market monopoly. It's well, only theoretical because in in a market
0: monopoly situation, then anyone can step into the game and get into the co- and and be competition for those right. people. That's
2: right. If that company gets too cocky and starts raising prices or uh skimping with customer service then it will provide an impetus or an incentive for someone else to compete with them exactly right does that make sense
4: eric uh yeah but let me let me just go back to the scary scenario and i'll, I'll let you okay. guys refute it but uh let's say that uh, walmart moves in and they've got prices that are so low that no one else can compete even though the mom and pops have better service you know the bikes at the mom and pop is twice as much as it is at walmart so people just have to go to the walmart uh, so all the, the bike that I
0: bought around. at the uh, bike store was more than twice as much as what I paid at, at Walmart. And, and Walmart, typically,
2: yeah, Walmart typically doesn't sell high-end or even mid-range stuff. A lot of it is, is the cheapest stuff they can buy that still looks pretty decent that will stay together for a few weeks. Uh usually what you'll find is I have a friend who has a sporting goods store right next to where they built a big Walmart. And everyone said, oh, you're going to go out of business, you're going to go out of business. No, he didn't go out of business because he has better stuff. He he actually has a niche that Walmart doesn't service. He could buy used, for instance. Yes, he could buy used. He can do a lot of things that Walmart can't or won't do. So it's a matter of being nimble in the marketplace, yes. But uh, overall, you're going to find that, that Walmarts and mom-and-pop businesses coexist just fine in the same town.
4: That's actually a good point. I'm just kind of worried that they're going to move in and somehow they're going to get the mom and pops out of business. Let's just say theoretically. I could see it happening
1: possibly. Some will go out of business. Yes, I would, will. I would, I would say that But the only ones
0: that are going to go out of business are the ones that aren't willing to change their business model and innovate and come up with new creative ways to bring customers through the doors. It's not Walmart that puts them out of business. It's the customers that put them out of business well, by not going through uh, through their doors well, and buying stuff. Well, also,
2: don't forget that Walmart grew the way they grew because of credit. If we all had real money and stable money in this country and stable currency, Walmart wouldn't have grown so quickly because a lot of Walmart sales are based on people running up their credit cards
0: well i don 't know if credit cards would necessarily go away in the in the event of uh, well, well they wouldn 't be money. money
2: uh money wouldn 't be the money supply wouldn 't be growing the way it is now and and people would i think would be a little bit more still
0: though wayne i mean Walmart got big because they 're providing a, a great service to people they 're providing a bunch of products all in one place where people can go and get their a lot of their shopping done all sure. at once at a low price, which of course the other factor with walmart and i know, I know there are a lot of Walmart haters out there don 't really understand it because uh, when it comes to Walmart the products are, are priced so aggressively in many cases, and some of them are more expensive than, than they should be, so don't presume you're getting a good deal by shopping at Walmart. Yeah, there are you lost leaders there. Uh, but you go in there, and you, you walk out having saved 10 or 20 bucks as to whether or not, you know, if I go and shop for groceries at Walmart, I might save $10 over shopping at Hannaford's or some other grocery store. And you add that up week after week, and all of a sudden, you're saving $100 a year, which, you know, $1,000 a decade. I mean, it, it adds up. And the more uh, it helps poor people to shop at Walmart because it makes their dollar go further. They can buy more with less, and that's valuable to lower uh, lower middle class and poor poor consumers. That's why that's it's so popular.
4: what scares me, is that you're going to have a town of lower middle class people and they're going to have to shop at Walmart just to stretch their dollar. That's going to put the mom and pops out of business, and then once Walmart has all the business, they can do whatever they want with the prices. And at that point, no, the, no, who no, else I can can't. stop them yeah. other than no. another big corporation?
2: No, I don't agree with that. I, th- I think that if they start doing that, then you'll see competing businesses start to pop up. Because if if you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur recognizes an unmet need in a community. That's a true entrepreneur. So if you're in a community that only has a big Walmart and that's it, and people are complaining that oh they don't have uh, they don't have a good selection of organic food or whatever, sure you're going to have somebody who will open up an organic uh, uh, produce shop because there are profits to be made.
0: Yes, and inevitably there are going to be a significant percentage of consumers that are just anti Walmart. You know they will not shop at the big box store and they're looking for that uh, those alternatives. So the the what you're coming up with here is just complete fantasy what-if scenario, and it's just not based in reality, I'm afraid, my friend. A target, a target, could
2: target. Come up, uh, target could open up in the same town, too. But there
0: is. RJ. But now, let's be fair, though, because there is an example that is sort of similar to what Eric's talking about. It's not this sort of takeover mentality, because that stuff will never work. Because if, if a company comes in and tries to buy up a town, they have to buy it one plot of land at a time. Eventually, people are going to get wind that somebody's coming in with a lot of money to buy up a whole lot of the town. And guess what? As soon as uh, half of my neighbors sell their houses, my price is going up. Because right. if I know this p- company is going to buy every square foot of land in this town, I'm going to sell at a very high rate.
2: And information travels much faster than it used to.
0: But there is an example of a town that is privately owned right now here in America. And it's worth talking about. Eric, thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 9231. And we'll talk about that town here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show and you can bring up whatever you want, toll free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line, Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. You want to help the show, then vote for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Last time I looked, we were still the number one podcast in the world, but not by very many votes, maybe by... 10, 12 votes, so we really need to continue uh, gathering votes, but you can only do it once per month, so head over to vote.freetalklive.com, it takes you less than a minute, it makes a big difference because the longer we're at the number one position, and we finished last month at number one, so we can do it again. Yeah, by a by hair. That's two do. months this year that we finished at number one so far, that's very good, It's uh, we're doing better this year than ever, and so with your vote... Us being at number one means more people will come across the show by seeing us at number one, and they'll find out what we're all about and come across the message of freedom and liberty. So if that's valuable, go to vote.freetalklive.com, and then go to dig.freetalklive.com, or click the dig link on the front page of our website at freetalklive.com. Uh, all right. So we were talking with Eric a few moments ago about this, you know, sort of scary scenario that he was painting of a, an evil corporation in a free market coming in and buying up all the property in an area and forcing people to buy. Well, of course, they wouldn't be able to force people to buy their products. People would be able to leave. Uh, but, you know, this
1: sort of scary what if scenario, which is completely people, unrealistic. People are told that this is this is what could happen, though, if, if capitalism ran rampant somehow that this is what's going to happen because why these people are educated in government schools and the government wants you to believe that there's no way that capitalism could exist without them right but in fact government's the problem when it comes to monopolies not the yep. solution
2: yeah and when you read a lot of even Karl marx's criticisms of capitalism he's really talking about corporatism and mercantilism The government working together with business owners to enhance their power
0: and that sort of thing. That's right. But I wanted to point out a real-life example of a corporate town. It it exists. It's being built right now. And I actually haven't seen an update on this recently, probably worth looking for one. But the town is called Ave Maria, and it is, I think, a little bit east of uh, I-75 in Florida, down in the Naples area. It was purchased, I think it's 400 square acres or something like that. The entire plot was purchased by one man, the founder of Domino's Pizza. Don't remember his name, but he's a devout Catholic. And his vision was to create a town, a privately owned town, that was uh, appropriate for Catholics to live in. So, for instance... uh, you know, if you wanted to open a Walgreens in Ave Maria, you'd have to go and sign a lease with this guy, which the lease would include, you know, you can't sell condoms in this store, or you can't sell Playboy magazine, not that Walmart's, or, uh, Walgreens sells them. You're going to
2: have a crucifix on the wall as you come in the door.
0: That kind
1: of crap. Yeah. yeah.
0: He can set whatever rules he wants to for the people coming in there, for the for the residents and for the business owners. But the key is you don't have to go there. That's right. It's private property. If you don't like it, don't set foot in it. So I have no problem with what that man is doing. Personally, I would never live in a place like that. But no one's forcing you to. Exactly right.
1: You know, that, that's that's not the only example of a private town out there. Um, are you familiar with Lake Buena Vista? and Disney World? In Disney World, yeah. Disney World has its own private town, too. That's a great point. The um, whole yeah. thing is, is
0: Disney. It's not even like part of the state of Florida, well, I don't
1: think. Disney World, I don't think, is actually in Lake Buena Vista, but uh, they own it as, you know, it was originally some kind of ditch i think it is part of the state of florida but its own it's its own city it's its, it's own municipality right. it, 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 and it um, manages to it it shirked off the power of uh, orange county it uh, beat out orange P- county in some uh, issues that they they were having um as, as at one point in 1989 mm-hmm. so i mean they are they, they are sovereign in uh, Lake like Vista, and you won't find better roads anywhere
2: yeah of no doubt not. about it
0: and great signage too as far yes, as you can from find home. anything in disney <laughs> So there, So there you go. Two examples, completely voluntary for you to go on their property. But you know, I don't see any people starving to death on in Disney World property. Right. You know,
1: the people, the people that have bought homes in Celebration probably aren't feeling uh, oppressed by Disney. Why? Because they could move quickly and go someplace else, yep. and and somebody would want to, um, you know, take their property, or um, you know, would want to buy their property, or um, Disney's, you know, uh, stake in it all would uh, be shattered if they were, um, you know, these people are essentially stockholders in the town of Celebration. In
0: addition, it's also absurd, absurd to believe that one company could come in and buy up a town, an existing town with a variety of different property owners. Not only is it economically infeasible because people continue to raise their rates to the point where they can't afford to buy them, but even if they could buy up all those properties and all those businesses then can you imagine how hugely inefficient the owning company would become as a result yeah. of trying to run the business of the power company and run the business of the grocery store and run the business of, you know, the gas stations. and run uh, All of these, uh, it would become micromanagement to yeah. the
2: extreme. The stockholders wouldn't be happy. It wouldn't be economically feasible for them to try to do that.
0: And again, in a free market, everybody would be free to come and go as they pleased. It's not like they're going to put barbed wire fences up around this place. Because if Walmart comes in, buys up a whole town, which is going to be impossible, and then puts barbed wire fences up to keep everybody in, what's that going to do to their
2: business in every other one of their stores? That's right. And Walmart has a mission as a corporation. And if they go outside that mission and start doing things that they don't, they're not really that good at, they become less profitable. And a lot of, you'll see a lot of corporations who start to step outside of their missions mess up and they end up retrenching at some point, right, and then money is an important factor as well, because uh, again we're
0: we 're in total fantasy land, not this would ever happen it 's impossible, but if Walmart were to somehow take over this town, then they you know how would they get all the wealth? I mean how would they continue doing? business, I mean, yeah. you can't force people to come spend money at your store because then it's not a, a trade that those people want to make I mean, at that point you might as well not even sell the products mm-hmm. because you own everybody in the area, they're your <laughs> slaves, and then who's going to want to shop at Walmart at that point in any other point, place in the world their business is going to suffer as a result of it unless they're mining pure gold out of the earth, they're not going to have any way to you know, actually
2: support this insanity. But this is a really important important thing for us to talk about because at some point if ron paul does get the republican nomination this is going to come up uh, when he starts to debate democrats and i think he needs to articulate this point uh very succinctly how the marketplace how protects the consumers yes how the marketplace protects consumers and how corporatism hurts consumers and that's what we have today yep. let's go to the phones and to the fun it's neil in california
0: you're on free talk live hey neil
5: yeah hey guys how's it going what's Good. on your um, mind yeah, I would, uh, I just want to make a couple of points, uh, uh, on, uh, what the previous, uh, caller was talking yes, about. Sir. Um, before I begin, I just wanted to say that, that capitalism, real capitalism cannot exist without anarchy. Um, that's that's just uh, one thing I want to throw out there. Anarchy Secondly, being a
0: scary word. Uh, well, it how
5: about is a scary word. Capitalism is also a scary word. Yeah. But when people actually understand what the definitions of these words mean, they'll understand that it's not scary at all.
1: You know, I was um, I was watching Braveheart the other night. I think it's been two nights now, and oh. it's a great it's a great movie. And I was thinking how um, you know at the time of uh, Sam Adams and and throughout history, there wasn't a word called anarchy. There was just that's a right. word called freedom. And that's what that word essentially meant, is because all they had up to this point were overlords, kings, uh, dukes, whatever. You know, these guys that, uh, that forcibly took their, uh, the, you know, the, the fruits of their labors, that forcibly took their women, um, that, that forcibly conscribed them into the military. You know, they had an overlord. And the absence of an overlord would have been freedom. So I'm sure that these movies aren't exactly the way that uh, life would have been, but they just um, – it was amazing to me. They didn't have this big scary word like anarchy. It didn't include uh, punk rockers throwing bombs or whatever right. um, you know was attached to it. They just had the word freedom.
0: Because now I'm looking at the dictionary definition, the number four defi- definition, four out of four, is – Confusion, chaos, and disorder, which isn't what uh, anarchy originally meant, but it has become that because people have misused it over time. But you're, you are correct; a true true capitalism cannot exist without the absence of the state. Your other points?
5: Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to to continue, uh, just to suggest to the caller also uh, looking up the Austrian School of Economics. Um, you know, Ludwig von Mises, um, uh, Murray Rothbard, and uh, and so on. Uh, But I also wanted to make the point about corporations. Uh, A corporation in and of itself is a legal fiction. It's created by the government. Um, If you don't have a corporation, you're going to have a company and somebody who's actually going to be responsible for their actions.
0: Thank Mm -hmm. you. I had wanted to get to that, but I somehow slipped my mind. Excellent.
2: You know, there's also a really good article on Mises.org entitled The Truth About the Robber Barons and it talks about how um that it's a fallacy to talk about um uh capitalism laissez faire capitalism is being bad how again that that the uh, a lot of the railroad um Manus. Operators in, in magnets in the early 1900s, a lot of them were using government to protect. Right, it was sure themselves. It
1: right. They they made it seem as though it was capitalism, but it was in fact their involvement with the government that caused all the problems.
0: Well, this is typical of government. Government causes a problem, then blames it on the free market, and then uses another uses that as an excuse to create more government.
1: You know, and um, sort of a, uh, a an interesting libertarian middle road between this corporate corporation, you know, anti corporation stance, and um, you know, and what we currently have today is. If we only, for um, I don't think the government has any right to tax me and what I do because I own me. Therefore, I own the things that I make with my hands. Therefore, I own the ability to sell them. Well, a corporation is a government entity. I think the government has the right, quote unquote, to tax a corporation. It doesn't have the right to tax individual.
0: That's a good point, because they've uh, asked for that protection, and so therefore they have to follow the rules. Right. It's a privilege. Neil, thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Sort of like how uh, people that want to be citizens have to follow all the government rules, but myself, I just want to be a sovereign individual. I want to be a free man, not a citizen. More on the way. Hour two's coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, your show. We're launching into hour number two. You can bring up anything toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Phones are loaded up. Let's roll right into the calls and talk to Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Tom.
6: Uh, Yeah, I just wanted to point something out here about the polls, first of all, and that is... Uh, people who want to be left alone are the ones who tend to vote uh, libertarian, and they hang up on the polls. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> another good point. <laughs> and the people who value their right to privacy are a lot of the ones who are going to be voting for the libertarians, and they refuse to answer who they're going to be voting for. Or unlisted
0: but, you know, numbers. I mean, yeah. They they,
6: they feel that uh, you know the votes should be done the the way the constitutional you know election then open the ballot box and then find out who wins instead of trying to find out weeks, uh, weeks I mean, this is 2007 and the election isn't until December of 2008,
0: November. But yes,
6: no, it's in November. The electors get elected. And then in December, the electors shall meet in their respective states and oh. vote by ballot. You know, the yep. election is Great in point. December of 2008. Uh, OK, I'm. You know, being picky, again, I'm setting you up. <laughs> it's,
0: I appreciate it, Tom. I really do, because it's important to get the facts straight. And uh, you're good at that. You're good at calling us out on the carpet there. Anything else on your now, mind tonight?
6: Uh, in Iraq, okay, the United States Armed Forces and, uh, excuse me, the multinational uh, strike force and all, mostly the United Nations went in and uh, wiped out the opposing army, an, arm- an organized army. Uh, to exaggerate, that was the easy part. Yes, it was. E- ever since then, they have been—they've suffered a lot more casualties uh, from one-way attacks because they never know who's going to strike, nor when, nor where, nor how. You see, that's why they—they've they've lost a lot more that way. And because of that, a lot of voters in this country have also learned their lesson. About electing candidates who support that war, and so of course the Republican majorities in Congress are no more. Now there is the Democrats, right? Just and then the Democrats
0: didn't do anything. They, you know, they were running and campaigning against the war, but they've yet to do a damn thing about it. And so that's all going to bubble over, hopefully, uh, within the next year or so, and maybe. They're Ron not Paul the commander in?
6: in chief. They're not the commander in chief, and. There is that statute authorizing the war, and uh, they don 't know how to make the commander in chief withdraw the well, chief. they could
0: if they really had the will if they wanted yeah. to, they could cut off the funding and you know they could do a variety of different things. they are the Congress, and they still are one of the three branches of government and If they were to actually utilize uh, their their power, then they could rein him in, but uh, as long as they just sit on their hands, of course he 's going to do whatever he wants to
6: now uh, compare this uh, these one way attacks where these People are going to go out and blow themselves up, and they're going to get killed, but they're going to take out a number of, uh, from their point of view, enemy combatants. Mm -hmm. Compare that with the Battle of Red Bluff on November 19th of 2002 when the cop pulled into the gas station and somebody was waiting there, just walked up, took out the enemy officer in Red Bluff, California with a few shots and fled from the battlefield, and the government didn't know about it until the next cop happened to pull in to refuel. The freedom fighter was long gone. He was captured a week later in Concord, New Hampshire. But you know, he had already inflicted his damage on the enemy.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't. It didn't do any good. I mean, that's just you just got a dead cop on your hands in that particular case. And and you know what? Tom, there are a lot of cops that are of a libertarian mindset. That there are a lot of cops that could be that can be salvaged. That it'd be silly uh, to just start bumping you know, off the police. I wouldn't have,
1: I wouldn't have found, about, found out about the liberty message and libertarianism um, if it wasn't for law enforcement officers. They um, informed me when I was in prison for nine years. It was those guys that let me know. Uh, the prison officers. There are some really bad cops out there,
0: but the fact is, there are some good ones as well. And, to, and to advocate just bumping cops off, it's uh, it's counterproductive. Thanks for the call, man. Though great uh, beginning to the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. If you if you bring Tom on the air and you let him go for long enough, he'll get to advocating violence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well,
1: at the very least, he gives us the opportunity on a regular basis to disavow violence in yeah. uh, in our uh, you know nonviolent libertarian revolution. That's a good
0: point. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> To talk to Nick in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live.
7: Hi, guys. How's it going?
0: Great. What's up?
7: Um, I just wanted to talk. I was actually at the uh, the rally outside the debates last night in Manchester. Oh uh, yes. Um, have you had anybody calling who's actually there on the ground?
0: No one has yet called uh, to give us a, a debate report. However, I have heard that the Ron Paul supporters were, a, uh, I guess, vastly outnumbering all of the other candidate supporters combined, wasn't it? Combined,
7: yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know if the combined is... Quite accurate. We, we were larger than that was the report any, I heard, we and were the pictures bore it out. Group. Go ahead. We were larger than any one group, and I, I we were close to how I don't know. I'd say more like a third of the people there were Ron Paul supporters. Not too shabby. Um, but we, we were definitely louder than everybody else. And from you know, walking across the campus there at St. Anselm's College, you could hear Ron Paul being chanted above everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, from probably a thousand yards away. So that
0: really, that really has to chafe some of those big uh, mainstream media guys that are doing everything they can to marginalize Ron Paul to actually have real people out there in support of him. That's really got to bug them.
7: I'm sure it does. Actually, the uh, there were some cops there because there was a a penned off sh- free speech zone. The free
1: speech zone where you're <laughs> in a cage. Oh, yeah,
7: basically. Um, but we actually chanted something to the effect of "End the police state, vote Ron Paul." And uh, some of the guys laughed. and
0: Some waved. of the cops, you mean?
7: Oh, yeah. yeah they were good-spirited about it. So.
0: Well, that's good. The um, cops aren't as nasty in New Hampshire as they are everywhere else.
7: No. Um, but interestingly enough, there were, last night a caller um, from Oklahoma, I forget their name, had called in. I think Bill. Um, saying that um, Ron Paul hadn't been mentioned really at all on the national media mm-hmm. uh, that night following the debates. Um, but I turned on Rock 101, which is the local station in Manchester, uh, New Hampshire, and it's actually it's a it's a music station. But right. the DJs were actually talking about Ron Paul um,
8: after the show the, or the,
7: the time next time.
0: morning. Huh? Was that after the uh, debate or the next morning?
7: Oh no, th- th- that was um, when the debate was going on. Oh hmm. wow! Right. I, I we left a little bit before seven o'clock. And I'm surprised they have the real radio.
0: DJs on at night. <laughs> That's yeah. unusual. Oh yeah.
7: Yeah, and um, so they were talking about him, and they were going to re-air. I guess he did an interview over at Rock 101 in Manchester, yeah. um, I think the day before, and they were going to re-air that, and I didn't actually get to hear that. But mm. um, And also back uh, the the Keen Sentinel in Keene, New Hampshire, um, this morning I looked at the newspaper, and um, they made note of the fact that Ron Paul had a lot of supporters. So our president here did some good. Well, I mean, you
0: know, you're right about that. Eventually it's going to be to the point where it cannot be ignored any longer. Nick, any final thoughts?
7: Um, yeah, I just wanted to point out that in New Hampshire, I mean, the the media captured a lot more of the support for Ron Paul, and they give him, you know, more attention than the national media. So and it is New Hampshire is where the New Hampshire primary takes place. So while people in Oklahoma might not get to see it um, just yet, I mean, in New Hampshire, there is I think the voters are getting a lot more exposure to Ron Paul than... You know, one the other of the parties.
1: fortuitous things about this is that the Free State Project, who the vast majority of the members would uh, vote for Ron Paul, happens to be in um, you know New Hampshire's the destination for that. Yes. And New Hampshire's the the primary that really counts when it comes for, uh, you know, uh, making the king, you know, naming the next president. Um, Wayne was telling me earlier that, 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 that that's not true in every case, but it certainly um, solidifies the candidate's... Uh, you know, claim to the throne as well. Oh, it yeah.
8: Was.
1: You know,
2: I was also listening.
1: I caught a little bit of NPR's coverage of it. He was so on for an hour. I
2: listened to the whole thing. Actually. Did you? Well, they actually kind of covered the debate. Uh, this wasn't the interview with him, but this was oh, the sort okay. of coverage of it. And they mentioned that uh, Ron Paul sounded like a Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well,
0: that'll play with the NPR crowd, right? Yes,
2: it will. So that's good. Nick,
0: thanks yeah. for the call, man. Appreciate it. As always, 800 259 9231. Yeah, I mean, if, if Ron Paul wins New Hampshire. It's, po- it's a possibility. It could happen. And that's it's mean, certainly possible that he could win New Hampshire. When is the New Hampshire uh, primary? Is it January of uh, 2008? I think it's, that's what it is, actually. January me, or February. Yeah, it's early on. Early. So... I, you know, I wish it were a little bit later because then we could have more free staters in here. But nonetheless, I mean, more people are moving here as part of the free state project. Week after week, it's the summer. It's almost the summertime now. Um, you know, the the time is right for people to move. I know that a number of our listeners. I think Bill from Virginia, he hasn't called in a little while, but he's a guy that uh, runs a gun store down in Virginia. He's moving up here this summertime. There's a variety of people who've just gotten here a couple of weeks ago. So all this is going to uh, to work towards. Promoting Ron Paul down the line, and and maybe he could win. End of January, beginning of February. 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. It's your show if you take control of the airwaves toll-free. At 800-259-9231, bring up what you want. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne? 1-800-259-9231. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. Live streams include a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version waiting
1: for you. Free, freetalklive.com. Pop quiz. What do Washington politics and libertarianism have in common? Answer very little. But the Prometheus Institute, that's readpi.com, is looking to change that by implementing practical and innovation, innovative solutions to today's most pressing policy issues. Visit readpi.com today. That's readpi.com.
0: Righto, as we go uh, to the phones, to the fun, it is Gary in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Gary. Is Gary there? Gary in New York? Gary going once? Gary? Gary going twice. Don't hide now. Come on. All right. Let's try. Uh, G- Gary, hello there.
3: Yes, this is uh, Gary calling from uh, Brooklyn. Uh, good evening, uh, Wayne, Ian and Mark. Hey, hey,
0: dude, what's on your mind?
3: Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, talk about the uh, laissez-faire capitalism thing, man. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you were talking about it's impossible for them to take over a town, but I think uh, two hundred years of American uh, government has proven that this does not work. Because, uh, and I think it was Wayne I mentioned the book, uh, the truth about uh, robber barons.
2: Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It was an article on Mises.org.
3: About... Yeah. Okay. I'll um I'll actually look that up and uh, read it, man. But um you know I'm from Pittsburgh, man, so we have a lot of experience with this, and. Uh, what happened was, you know, Carnegie took over the whole town and him and other, and all the other uh, steel mill guys, right? Yeah. You know, people were dying in the, uh, in the mines and the mills every day, so everybody got sick of it, started protesting and, and, you know, and saying we can't take it anymore. So what he did was just hire a, bun- a bunch of Pinkertons, and the Pinkertons came into town and massacred all of them.
2: Well, you know, uh, Carnegie and his enterprises were, did have protection of government.
3: Yeah, right. But I mean, but he also hired his own private security dudes and they just came in and shot everybody. So um well, I mean be, I'm um yeah. I totally agree with that other caller, Eric man, but I also agree with y'all, like, you know, I I could care less, I man, I hope government disappears tomorrow. But at the same time I Hold mean on. what is uh what is the average <laughs> wait a minute. citizen do wait, what, wait, what wait, can wait. the average citizen do if 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 a, if a rich guy can go hire fifty armed thugs and come in and shoot everybody. But
8: the,
0: what's the what is the incentive for a rich guy to do something like that? When Wayne said that uh, Carnegie had government protection, he didn't mean the police force. What did you mean by that, Wayne? Well, he. No, had... Pink-
3: Pinkerton hired uh, the Pinkertons are private detectives. They're not the government. Right. So he just hired like fifty dudes to come in and shoot everybody.
2: Well, you can do that, but then then he could be brought up on charges if that, that's racketeering. That's the mafia. That's. No different.
3: But when you said uh, he had they're...
2: protection, what did you mean by that? Well, at the time, he was very well tied in with the government. I mean, there were a lot of, of the big so-called industrialists back there, and very few of them were really, especially when you got into the early to, to mid-1900s, a lot of those men were actually had a lot of um, people in government that they um, would help to protect them and from competition and to protect them from liability. There were very few real true uh, laissez-faire capitalists uh, in the early 1900s. Right. And and again, we're not talking about what happened back
0: then, but now talking about what's what's realistically likely to happen in the future. And that is
1: technology's changed a lot of things um, as far as a person's individual freedom and liberty. And I'm not sure that liberty um, I I, I can't apply liberty to, you know, the past where, you know, the socialists have managed to write the history. Mm -hmm. I can't apply liberty to. Um, oh, other wait, countries where I don't true, know their man. their history, I can't That's apply true, it. Uh, hold on just a second. I can't apply it to today because I understand how it would work. Go ahead.
3: Okay. Yeah. Let me uh, just say this too. all right. So um, you know, back to what he was actually talking about, this whole Walmart thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So if you're working for Walmart, right? How do you do? You, do you think the, the average person working for Walmart can actually afford to um pick up their family and move uh, and move to another city when when Walmart takes over the town?
2: One of the biggest problems with poor people is the money. When you have a exactly. free, free market exactly. currency, so, I mean, nowadays
3: it costs like thousands of dollars to just pick up and, and and just go and move somewhere else. So the person that's working for Walmart, they can't just say, "Okay, this job sucks." I'm sorry, I, don't, I hope that it's not a bad word. No, that's they right. can't just pick up everything and say, "Okay." you know, I'm going to move somewhere else and start over. Well, again.
2: I'd like Wayne to address that,
0: Andrew. Yeah. So hold on a second. Let Wayne yeah, get a get point out.
2: What I was going to say is that if you have a true free market economy, you also have a true free market currency and money. And people, you're going to have far less uh, uh, poor people because... Uh, people's money goes further, and they can afford to move and so they don't have to spend their money to discharge its value because it's losing value all the time. In in a true free market economy with true money, because real money uh, originates in the marketplace, not uh, from government. So if if there wasn't enough gold, you know, silver, of course, could be money. Uh, bullets could be money. Toilet paper can be money. Anything can be money uh, because you have barter as well as, uh, in fact, real money like gold is, is like barter anyway.
0: Well, and and, that, and that's all good and well and good. But the fact is, this whole scenario with the Walmart taking over a town is completely unrealistic. Yeah. It, it's not even possible man i mean
3: yeah but your your economic theory is unrealistic too i what, mean you what, said what that you mean? eric was living in the fantasy world i think you guys are
0: wait wait what part fantasy. is unrealistic exactly what do you mean? What you say, my economic theory is unrealistic. What specifically oh, uh, the, are you referring to? Whole
3: free market laissez faire capitalism. It's the same thing that communists say. They're like, what? oh, yeah, you know, this will work if there was no government and everything worked the right Communism way.
0: Communism requires central control. Communism requires it government. Is That's not the same
3: No, but, you know, I mean, what I'm saying is they say the same thing, like, oh, yeah, our system will work. It, it just hasn't been implemented the right way yet.
0: Well, there's evidence that the free market works. The marketplace is what has created all of the wondrous things that we have and take for granted in this world. The marketplace is what brings us air conditioning, grocery stores, the Internet, uh, all the things that you enjoy, your cell phone, all the things you take for granted. That's not as as a result of government. Government slows down and impedes the market. Government is, uh, it restricts freedom and it restricts the marketplace. So, you know, there's evidence that the freer a market is. Look at the computer industry, for instance. Uh, the, The more free and the less regulated a market, it is the better the innovation the better the competition the better the prices and the better the quality of the products and the services i mean
2: we've got evidence to prove that our economic model is is, uh, and, is sound and, and look at all the wealthy people that the computer industry has has created
3: yeah but okay we're we're almost on the same page right but like what i'm saying is back to the the first thing i said okay so you know okay i'm just an average citizen here right
6: mm-hmm. Honestly, me too
3: so, so what do i do when when carnegie calls in 50 uh Armed thugs to come here and like massacre. I would assume you would call the that police, that which is what
2: they're for. Or you'd pick up your gun and shoot back. And yeah, if, yeah, shoot I, back. I would
1: assume you would call the police, and if the police didn't respond, then you would know that Carnegie had them in their pocket, and we're not talking about capitalism anymore. You're talking about crony <laughs> capitalism. You're talking about um, you're talking about the people using the government for their benefit. And you know, the government has never been for the benefit of the middle, um, the, the little guy. The government's always for the benefit for the big guy who can uh, has the deepest. Pocket.
0: Gary, thanks for the call. We appreciate yep. it. 800-259-9231. And really, again, all of the, these scary things these callers have been bringing up all exist in fantasy land. I mean, what's well, the profit incentive so for So libertarianism. Hold That's on a not second. Fair. No, it's not. No, it's not. Because as I pointed out, there's real evidence that the marketplace works and government doesn't. Uh, it's true. When I mean the the, the fantasy that uh, some business owner is going to come in, hire thugs to start killing people in a neighborhood. What's the what's the profit incentive there? Exactly. Well,
1: I, I think that you can use um, Pink, like he said, Pinkerton thugs to um enforce a sweatshop mentality amongst mm-hmm. your workers. I absolutely do think that. But I also think that um, Pittsburgh at the turn of the century there wasn't the mobility that there currently is today. And how many of those people, people had couldn't... firearms?
2: But I I don't know. And you didn't have a free flow of information like you have today either. Right. So it's
0: not fair to compare then to now. You know, the fact is there's no profit incentive to come in and start assassinating your customers or potential employees, especially if they start shooting back. Then you're going to have to pay your mercenaries even more to go in there and do that dirty work. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want that job. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Ian, here with you. And Wade. Emma. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features are for free, including the bulletin board system. We're approaching 250,000 posts, over 1,400 people interacting, serious issues, fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And wouldn't it be great to have an ex-narcotics officer be your personal coach to keep you from getting busted with marijuana go to nevergetbusted.com to view clips of the recently released DVD that's gained world attention that's nevergetbusted.com I, I still want to recap just a little bit or, or touch, touch again on this totally fan, uh, fantastic scenario, insanely impossible scenario of well, what if in a free market a uh, business owner hires 50 thugs to come in and start shooting people Oh, what's, let's look at this from a realistic standpoint. What is the profit motive here? Do they want to take those individuals' properties? Maybe that would be a, a motivating um, possible, possible
1: factor. The profit motive would be um, in, the, in the circumstance that, that the caller outlined. I can't remember. Red, Reggie, was that his name? Uh, it was uh, Gary in New, New York. York. My, excuse me. Um, that he outlined was it's about labor. It would be really convenient to turn labor into slaves. So I can see a scenario that he was that he's talking about. We certainly have around the world. We have sweatshops with overseers, and people are locked in for the day. And, you know, um, circum- conditions that you and I would not want to work in go on. So but those people have actually come there voluntarily. They have ab- right. absolutely walked through the door. Um, and they would have to walk through the door the next day after you sent in the Pinkerton thugs in order to enforce what your um, wishes were. the The fear is is that somehow our economy will devolve. You know, under laissez-faire capitalism, our economy will devolve to the point that uh, the average working person simply would not be able to uh, eat unless they went to work every day, um, which currently is not the case right, um, for absurd. the average working person. Um, you know, so. I see what the concern is. I just think that um you know with when we're dealing with today businesses are scrambling for lab, for good labor. That's true. And again, and we're t- we're also dealing good with labor to- can pick where they want to be.
0: Right. We're dealing with today where there are different businesses around in any given area and if one business decides he wants to go and threaten his employees with mercenaries, he's going to, have to hire mercenaries to go and threaten his $7 an hour Walmart workers? I for mean, what? what? Yeah. How, how much is that going to cost you? And the, so, the, it just fiscally it does not work out and then once the once the people that are getting threatened start shooting back, which yeah. they would absolutely have the right to do it 's a free market, so every man is equal once these people start shooting back, then the mercenary is going to come back and say, uh, you know we just lost five guys." I've got a family at home, you know, I'd rather go home, unless you want to give me an extra $200,000 bonus to keep doing this kind of work, because my life's on the line at this point. I thought we were just going to be pushing around a bunch of, you know, little peon employees and here they are fighting back. So all of a sudden, then their mercenary costs double and then they triple as they keep losing lives. I mean, it's just, it's fiscally insane to do something like that, let alone the fact that people are going to see this happening. The customers that were using your business are going to see you using force on your own employees and say, whoa, I'm never buying Uh, Anything from your store ever again So I mean it's just It's an absolutely ludicrous scenario
2: There's also a lot of status propaganda That's been kind of um, embedded in people's minds If you look at some of the old westerns Even some of the old John Wayne uh, uh, westerns a lot. Of, they would always create these scenarios where you'd have this robber Barron rancher who was trying to coerce uh, land from the, the neighboring squatters, and I, I've watched a lot of Mary, these myself. Married a beautiful
1: son. girl that uh, the rancher, the other rancher didn't want to give up, and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, that type of thing. So it's almost like this statist propaganda that was starting to invade America in the 30s and 40s in this country very subtly. And, and a lot of people still remember those scenarios, and they bring them up whenever you talk about free market capitalism. But what we forget is, or what they're forgetting is, is that if you look at the economy back then, in the early 1900s, that was when we had the smallest gap between the richest and the poorest Americans. That's when the dollar had the most purchasing power.
1: mm The fiat currency has increased that gap, and people don't really understand how, um, you know, the removing, uh, you know, metal backing to the currency has really robbed them of their wealth. Yeah, I mean, the rich, rich people own gold because they know that there's uh, that it's a hedge against inflation. Poor people don't have enough money to own gold, so they can't hedge against inflation. Even middle class people, very few of them own gold.
0: One other thought on Gary's call. He did mention during his call briefly that he'd be fine with the idea of government going away, despite all the things that he said. Um, And and with that, I, I understand. I personally would rather take my chances that some random gang member was going to come by and try to extract money from me than have the actual real looming threat that exists right now today that if I don't pay taxes, there absolutely will be a gang of armed thugs coming to my door to demand money from me or my life. And that's how that's how it is today. The armed gang exists, at least in a free market. Then the armed gang doesn't have the sanction of government. It doesn't have that aura of legitimacy where no matter what the cops do, they can't get in trouble for it, that sort of thing. You come to my house with a gun, you're just another man. I don't care if you got a badge in a free market. Then you're just another man who's trying to assault me and my family, and you're going to pay for it.
2: Well, this, and that's what the legal system is really for, is to protect uh, the life and liberty of, of citizens. So, and if everybody truly had individual rights again, uh, if somebody violated your rights, then you're entitled to either shoot them or, or you know, sue them or, or file whatever against them. It's the truth. Let's go to the phones to
0: Joe in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Joe. Hello. Hey there.
1: Joe? Joe Sounds is on like a cell Void, phone? That boy blinds for uh, good.
0: Joe, if you're on a cell, we're going to put you back on hold, buddy. We'll we'll bring you back here. Get outside or something like that or get close to a window. 800 259 9231. Let's go, in the meantime, to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. Gene, you're on Free Talk Live.
9: Hello. I wanted to go back to uh, what the earlier caller said about legal fictions. Yes, sir. And uh, he stated corporations are legal fiction. And, of course, that's one of the terms that I like to uh, bring up all the time on the. Uh, on our discussions, but uh, um, I, it also calls into play what I call a, a law in nature, and I call it the law of the creator, and that is that whatever creates something has power over its creation. In other words, you are subject to your creator. Makes sense. That, that's the reason that Mark said that the uh, corporations are the correct subject of a tax that a government uh Generates, and the reason that they're subject to that is because the corporate that the uh, government is their creator.
1: Right. It gives origin now, to them.
9: Right. Yeah, and now to further that even uh, to make that even more abstract, the government itself is a fiction. Yes. So it is a creation of the
0: who? people. We the yeah, people. So, well, so theoretically the, the, people, the people, but in reality, a few guys, a few old guys, uh, a couple centuries right. ago.
9: The actual creators are no longer around, so you have to really question whether uh, such a thing as the USA even exists. Of course, my position is that it doesn't. But even if it did exist, when you create a corporation, you're going to the Secretary of State to ask permission for your creation. So the Secretary of State is technically your creator. And if... You look at the government as fiction, then the people are the creator of government. So the government is supposed to be subject to the people, not the people subject to the government. And so, therefore, no tax can possibly be laid on the creator. Just like I can't put a tax on God... Neither can the government put a tax on me. Oh, wait a minute, Gene. The does government that mean would,
1: a... would, in fact, try to tax God if it knew how. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: now, now, Gene, wait, does that mean that my parents. God,
1: but he
9: won't let me.
0: <laughs> does that mean that my
1: parents can tax me
0: forever because they created me?
9: Um, well, it doesn't quite work that way because they technically didn't create you. All they did was donate a, a sperm and an egg. Right. In the same a, way that a,
1: I didn't create a corporation, uh, my corporation that I have, um, the parents didn't create you. God created yeah. you because He gave the ability of the sperm the egg. Since you don't believe in a God, a cr- you have no uh, uh, overlord. <laughs> yeah,
9: yeah, the You're Secretary of State is the one who created your corporation, even though you drew it up. You uh, you begged permission from the Secretary of State to have your creation stamped as some kind of a legitimate entity. Right now, it it is strictly a fiction. It it exists only in your mind, Mark, and the mind of those people who believe in the state. Correct, well it's said because they have it written down in their little book That you believe that that creation exists And people that do business with you believe that that creation exists Because it's got that little stamp on it
1: Makes sense to you me know, And the system's so convoluted The reason that I created a corporation Was in fact to protect myself against the government
9: Anyway, you, you know, agreed to listen to this My wife and I created a corporation too
1: Thanks for the call, Gene. We
0: appreciate it. 800 259 9231. Go to
1: keepyourassets.com and see how you can too.net.
0: Unders- get your advertisers <laughs> right, Mark. This is Free Talk Live. My goodness, people pay us for this crap. <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. It's your show and you can bring up what you want. Toll free 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. You like the show? You want to help us out? Then you should go and buy some stuff at the Free Talk Live store. Head over to store.freetalklive.com. Got lots of neat merchandise including the hot selling Free Talk Live 2 gigabyte multi-gadget. Still a few more remaining on the shelf for you uh, if you want to get one but you should get one sooner rather than later because they're a limited edition. You get uh, two gigabytes to store your MP3s. You can use it as a flash drive as well, so just put whatever files you want on there. Uh, also, it is a voice recorder, so maybe you get pulled over by the cops. You want to do a little recording of the uh, the scene. You can do that stuff uh, with this one device, plus it's an FM tuner, all rolled into one for less than 60 bucks. There's that. There's our Free Talk Live clothing, uh, DVD Classic Archive collector's sets. We've got flags. We've got so much. It's all there. Store dot dot com let's go to the phones it is david in louisiana you're on free talk live hey david
10: hey there how are you doing
0: great what's on your mind
10: well uh Ian, you said a while ago that um, you know a, a company owner it, that it's a fantasy that a company owner would uh would hire armed folks to actually commit violence against uh workers or uh, members of a community that it's not a fantasy. It's a documented historical fact that, that that's occurred many times throughout history. And uh, you may not define that as capitalism, but it nevertheless has happened, and it's not a wild fantasy. And I don't think you're doing the cause of liberty any good by taking what is a documented historical fact and poopering it as fantasy.
1: Well, I, I, I uh, shot him down every time he said it. Okay. I, I didn't hear that part. Well, okay so
0: what um so besides the Andrew Carnegie example that the guy gave earlier, what are some other examples of this
10: well, uh the forward strike break um you know people were literally killed when that happened what's that uh, just just for striking for occupying the front of the plant and uh you know and and just and
0: where, where and when was this when when was this?
10: I don't have the exact year, but it's. it's uh,
0: I
1: know that they broke strikes, and uh, you know that, that's that's the reason that I I have to agree with him. I don't think that it it by saying that uh, it doesn't. Wait, well, they that they there's No profit motive.
0: Them. Hold on, did they hunt them down in their homes and
1: and uh, and go after no, them? No, they were did... striking out in front of the factory.
10: No, no, but there are other examples where mm-hmm. uh, where where uh, you. where where what was done was tantamount to hunting people down in their homes, like most recently. Were the people in
0: front of the factory blocking the entrance? Were they using force against that business owner's property?
10: Uh, well, that, that, that basically is what a strike is. But oh, strike well, then well,
0: how dare they? Who do those people think they are? That's not their property. That's that business owner's property. If somebody's on the front uh, the front, you know, door of, of chaining themselves to my property, then if they don't want to walk away when I ask them to, then I should have the right to use force to remove them. What's wrong with that?
10: Oh, in hmm. some context. That, that, that
0: makes make... them trespassers, sir. And in many cases, trespassers can be shot. Now, I'm not saying you should shoot them right out, but I think you should offer them the opportunity to leave. And if they don't want to leave, then in that case, you absolutely have the uh, the right point, to yeah. get violent with those people. Do you have a better example now?
10: Well, I I do, but uh, I, I would disagree with your interpretation of that. I what, don't how think
0: is that an interpretation I, exactly? You told me that they were blocking think, the front I don't door.
10: Don't think, I don't think striking a plant is quite the same thing. That's as someone...
0: trespassing, sir. It's not quite
10: the same you're thing. You are blocking
0: the entrance to my business. That's the exact same thing as uh, standing in the doorway to my house and holding a gun up against me. I mean, it's it's violence against my property, and my property is an extension of my life.
2: Nowadays, when people strike,
10: they actually well, go into the agree, public that's street. That's exactly the same thing as, as, as somebody coming into your home and doing something what, like you, that. Oh, so
0: the home is somehow more um, better property than the business? Is that what you're saying? Property's property, my man.
10: Yeah.
2: Yeah, the other problem that, too is if you compare that with with let's say how many people were killed by governments, statist governments in the 20th century, over 120 million people were mm-hmm. killed by their own governments. Good point. And you take right. that and you compare it with a few scumbag um, so-called capitalists. And nowadays, I don't think that would happen so easily if we went back to to a free market economy because the well, information I can give you a travels quicker. An
10: example okay. uh, in recently in Honduras. Uh, there was a uh, a company, Bechtel. Maybe you've heard of
8: them. Bechtel. Mm-hmm.
10: They, they went down there, and uh, one of the rules that they had for these people was that they couldn't collect their own drinking water in buckets outside their own homes, and that if they that if they tried to do that, they would they would actually send people over and beat them up. Okay, so where, was, where actually, was the government this in this act-
0: particular situation? Huh? Where was the government in this situation?
10: That for all practical purposes, was the government of Honduras until until the people drove them out.
0: Right. Oh, so it didn't work for them, huh?
10: It didn't work for them, but the people had to get violent against that's them. That's right. Well, if
0: somebody, guess what? If somebody comes to your house with a gun giving you orders, then you damn right you better get violent with them to throw them off of you. It creates peace. So, yeah, exactly. If somebody tries to run roughshod over your freedoms and your property, whether it be your business or your home, whether it be a business that's attacking you or another individual that's attacking you, you absolutely have the right to defend yourself. And it sounds like those people in that case did the right thing. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. I I didn't hear any good examples on his part, did you? Sounded to me like uh, the people did the right thing in the case of Bechtel. They fought him off. And it sounds to me like in the case of the strikers, they got what they deserved in that particular case.
1: Well, I, I do think that there is um, th- there's certainly circumstances where a company um, or a business owner or a corporation or whatever would and could impl- try to employ force against uh, their workers. But I don't think that it works quite as well in America today where just about right. everybody has a car, where just about everybody has an Internet connection, where every just other, about everybody has a uh, cell phone. Every third person has a gun. And, and I just don't think that we. it's likely that um, the American population, uh, t- to the level of wealth that it has achieved, is going to be diminished down to the uh, level of third world nope, not uh, overnight simply by uh, the implica- application of uh, laissez-faire capitalism. I own my own labor. I decide where to take it. And you know what? That's, it's hugely powerful in this particular market.
2: That's right. As we become more sovereign as individuals at a new level, those things are not going to happen as, as easily. Uh, And that's one of the few roles of law enforcement is to protect liberty and property, as we've discussed before. Well, unfortunately,
0: Wayne... that's the fantasy sort of role of law enforcement, theoretical role of law enforcement, but the reality is that in order for law enforcement to supposedly protect your property and all that, then they have to actually put your property and your life in jeopardy. I know, but I was
2: watching Andy Griffith runs the other night, and that's just not how it goes. Well, those were peace officers. There's yes. a difference between a peace officer
0: and a law enforcement officer. That's right. The law enforcement officer's out there trying to bust as many people for the seatbelt violations and the marijuana possession and whatever other damn laws he can find you violating. The peace officer exists to simply restore the peace. So if you're at a bar, you're starting some crap with the other guy at the other end of the bar, the bar owner calls up the police, uh, the peace officer, comes in, removes one of the patrons from the bar, says, you don't go back in that bar, or we're going to have more words at this point. That's what a right. peace officer does. 800 259 you can take control of the airwaves. So, you know, uh, he, the examples he gave just don't apply to the real world today, and even the examples he gave were full of holes. So
2: what do you got?
1: Well you can't always come up with the best examples and you know I mean there
2: there there always are going to be people who abu- try to gain the system and do things like that but if if those people those abusers are not centralized if they don't have centralized control they can only they can't they only do so much
8: Right, and in the case it sounded
0: like in the case of Bechtel, they were working hand-in-hand hand with the government to, right. w- to have that centralized control. And also, another important factor is in the free market, we would be transitioning to total private property. And with total private property comes complete private property rights. And people are, are going to want to
2: defend their private property against any sort of intruder, and whether it be a common burglar or a gang. That's right, and protect the environment, too. They're not going to let people dump stuff on their property. Sure. The government, big government, is the biggest polluter of all, and some of the big corporations that are in
0: bed with them. I think the uh, military or the government in general is bigger than all of the top four
1: corporation corporate pl- uh, polluters combined.
2: There you go. So.
1: And they have the protection of being able to do whatever the hell they want, because they have the EPA. Right. You can't sue the right. military. You're looking, um, you look to the government to protect your uh, natural resources, so they create an agency called the EPA, and what do they do? You know, They just do whatever the hell they want, because now they can. Yep. Right, in, in You've a, given them the power to police this.
2: That's right. And in a true free market society, if somebody injures you, if there's any kind of injury, they, they you should have the right to do whatever you want, as long as you don't hurt other people. So if there's an injury of any kind uh, on your part from somebody else, you have legal legal recourse. You can, like we said before, you can do whatever you want. You can file lawsuits or whatever, and, and it, not to fill up the courts with this stuff, but people are not going to abuse it if they really will lose their property over it. I've actually
0: got a great story coming up, talking about how police are supposed to protect your life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, or the pursuit of property, whatever you want to call that. I've got a great story about seatbelts. Now, last week here in New Hampshire, thank goodness. The New Hampshire was it the Senate? It was the Senate. The Senate rejected the seatbelt bill, which would have made New Hampshire the 50th and the final state in America to mandate to mandate on adults that they must wear seatbelts. We were only
1: five votes away from having seatbelts as mandatory, though. But that's astonishing considering it's a Democratic majority. That's true. No, it wasn't. It It was 16 to eight, wasn't it? That's five votes, change um, over to the other side, and bam, you've got seatbelts. Right, seat
0: right, right, right. Okay, good
1: point. 800-259-9231. Let's talk about the Buckle Up
0: campaign. You might have heard the ads running on the radio. Look at ticket. These are the people that are supposed to be protecting you. Mm-hmm. Threatening this the crap out of you. This is Free Talk doing. Live. Hour number three is coming up. You can take control and bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching in hour number three, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The cycle CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wade. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the other, or all of the features on this site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. Let's go right to the phones and to the fun. It's Chris in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Chris. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
11: Um, I was want to uh, ask you guys... Like you don't advocate violence or anything like that.
0: Not initiated but, uh, force. I am a, i I'm totally okay with defending yourself uh, if necessary.
11: Okay. Well, this is kind of uh, a little bit different. Um, you know, like the UFC, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if if you if the if the world were free or whatever, don't you think that maybe it would eventually kind of go back to the gladiatorial kind of thing where actually people are to the death, like fighting to the death. I mean, I would, think the, be, I, think
1: would the mar- I think absolutely true that the marketplace demands a, a brutal, terrible, uh, you know, sport like that and that people could likely either – I mean, we already have people uh, in the U.S.C., battling, um, you know, bare-fisted and hurting themselves terribly, um, yeah. you know, which boxing's worse because it beats your brain to death over a uh, year's time, whereas, yeah. um, you know, USC just hurts note, your body. It's important to note, though,
0: that in that case, it's not initiated force, but two-party consent. And if two yeah. parties want to consent to get in a death match ring, then that's their business.
11: So you think, you think that would be
2: okay, though?
1: Be okay with me as long as they weren't coerced into it. Yeah, I think that uh, it would be a way to to, to solve some certain disputes, too. I wouldn't be giving them any of my yeah, money. Yeah, that w-
2: that would be a good
11: idea.
1: I mean, you know, it's uh, for one. I'd like to take George Bush in there and beat the crap out of him. <laughs> but you know, only if he willingly entered. Right, which I doubt he would. <laughs> no,
0: I doubt no. he would. He would. So, does that answer your question? Did you have any other thoughts?
11: Um, actually, I had another question. Uh, it's about the FCC.
0: The FCC, uh, yes, Federal Communications um, Commission. Uh,
11: like, if you were to spell out a cuss word, would that be just as good as saying it?
1: Yeah, I, I think, I think so. The, you see, the, the FCC doesn't, in its little rule book, it doesn't go through and say, you can't say this word, this word, this word, and this well, word. Well, there is a rule against profanity.
0: There's a ru- there a- are rules against indecency, obscenity, and profanity. Mm-hmm. But I don't believe there is an actual list of
11: words. I've- I've heard there's seven words. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. that's uh, yeah, that's what that's uh, the George Carlin uh, skit, the seven dirty words. And
1: y- if you go through the seven dirty words, you can say quite a few of them, and uh, some of them are just copies of other words. Like there's effer and m effer. Come on, it's the same word.
11: Okay, well, um, what about when somebody says bs? I mean, everybody knows what that means. Yeah, that's it's, just
0: it. I mean, right. Mark, you were talking about this the other night. There's all these alternative words for the real dirty words that people will use and uh, it's okay apparently it's to say those alternative it's all the vulcan
1: words. same isn't it the vulcan same yes it's the yeah. vulcan same okay skewed <laughs> mm-hmm. huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you'd have to know what star trek was but uh, using vulcan instead of the f, f word
0: right there are these uh, alternative words um, that uh, radio show hosts have come up with and they utilize and everybody knows what words they're really what they're really intending to say you know when i say the cops do whatever the flip they want Everybody knows what I'm supposed to be saying there, but it's not, it's not a bad word, so it's its okay by the FCC standards. It's really just arbitrary and ludicrous. Oh, yeah. Anything else, Chris? No, no, that's it. Thanks for the call, dude. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So we were talking last hour briefly about the uh, the concept behind the police. In fact, the concept behind the government in general. Government was created to protect life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And that's Great. It. Great. If it actually did that, then who would have a problem with it, right? Yeah. Who could disagree with something like that? Sure, that's what we want. But unfortunately, the way it decides to do that is by endangering the, the above three things. It's, a, it's, an, it's the ultimate paradox. Government is a, a paradox of itself, and it's just insanity. And, and Brian Marr at uh, com is going to give us an example of one of the ways in which they're supposedly protecting you. He says, the other day I was driving in my car, just listening to the radio, my mind in neutral, when this threatening message shattered the blissful tranquility of my afternoon commute. A distinctly ominous voice warned, boasted almost, that the police were on the lookout, day and night, for a certain category of lawbreakers, and that no warnings would be given to violators. Must be a pretty serious offense to justify this Mm -hmm. sort of warning, right? Well, not really. The crime? Neglecting to wear a seatbelt. Yes, that's right. Not buckling up. That same distinctly ominous voice then sternly intoned, Buckle up, or you will get caught. For the briefest of moments, I thought I was living in a police state. To my unbridled relief, I quickly recaptured my wits and realized I was actually living in the land of the free. I know that things are different here. Our government doesn't threaten its citizens like that, does it? Adding insult to insult, the same distinctly ominous voice claimed that the PSA was paid for by the Department of Transportation.
1: Right, Which paid you mean, for? Well, of course. Hey, look, radio ads aren't free. You can't just you just don't get them for free. But as he points out, uh, question: What product or
0: service did the U.S. DOT sell to earn the money to pay for this PSA? Well, it didn't. Yeah, we all know the answer is none. No government agency, including that one, ever pays.
1: For a threat. Right. it came from tax money, and tax money came from a threat from the IRS that if you don't pay, you're going to go to jail. Once so again, so they threatened you, took your money from you, used that money to threaten you, you if again. You do, if you don't, if you don't wear a seatbelt, otherwise they're going to take some more of your money. These people are awful. Yes, they are. The agency
0: merely techs, uh, this agency merely takes its cut out of what the general government seizes from us at gunpoint, then proceeds to use our own money to threaten us with PSAs like this one. It's with breathtaking cheek that this parasitic government agency claims to actually pay for such services. What service is the government offering us? Apparently, that service is punishment, and it's an offer you can't refuse. It's funny, every other advertisement on television or radio seeks to please us by offering a product or a service, promising to satisfy a particular want or need. Granted, some of these ads may be insufferably irritating, but they universally promise us some form of fulfillment. The companies that run them cannot force us to purchase their products or services. They can only survive by providing products or services that people want at a price they can afford. They can't run ads that bark at us, Buy this product or you will get caught! Have you ever heard an advertisement (laughs) that actually threatened you? But that's precisely what the government does with its deeply insulting click-it-or-ticket PSA campaign. That these laws actually exist is injurious enough to the cause of liberty. The effrontery is compounded several-fold by the fact that our government has no compunction whatsoever about openly threatening us for an act that clearly does not belong in the realm of punishable offenses. On a related note, I was crossing uh, the Henry Hudson Bridge into upper Manhattan the other day when I saw a flashing warning sign that actually said, fireworks are dangerous and illegal. Transport fireworks, lose your vehicle.
1: Wow. Holy crap. They're going to take, they're gonna take your, your vehicle for buying fireworks in another state and then uh, shooting them off and bringing them into the, your state? You don't you have to Welcome to, to New off. York.
2: Good uh, Lord. Yeah.
1: There it was again, another blatant government threat. This time, they're actually
0: threatening to seize your property for transporting items that I, and probably you as well, used routinely as kids with great delight. Yes, I realize some fireworks are dangerous, but seizing your vehicle? And must they blatantly threaten us like that? A government that issues such threats to its citizens is not a government that thinks very much of us. It's not one that believes us competent in a meaningful sense. Yet government officials like to to refer to themselves as public
1: servants. Right. Are they really serving me when they um, confiscate my vehicle for bringing fireworks into the state? It's for your own good, Mark. I guess. I guess I'm that that bad of a guy. I could hurt myself or somebody
2: else. Well, by contrast, in New Hampshire, they don't have a seatbelt law, but they do have signs on the side of the road everywhere that say, buckle up. To suggest it, but they don't say, buckle up or we'll kill you. Common sense for all is what it says. That's right.
1: And here's a little more common sense when it comes to fireworks. You know, fireworks have been around a long time, and I'm sure that there have been quite a few people that have lost a finger or lost the feeling in their finger or even hurt themselves uh, more or even killed themselves when it came to fireworks. Rare. I know. It could happen. Rare. It certainly could happen. But, you know, somehow or another, the government lets me drive around this big 2,000-pound killing machine yeah. every single day. A death trap. Lots of people die driving cars. How in the world can they justify I'd be willing fireworks? to bet a lot more than fireworks, do. Yes, a lot, oh, lot yes. more. Like, multiple, hundreds of multiples. Yeah. I, I can't understand why it is that, um, now, why would fireworks be bad, but the cars are okay? Is it because fireworks are kind of fun? There's that stigma of fun mm-hmm. around them. We and know government the government hates, doesn't
0: like fun. hates fun. If people are having fun, there's a good chance a bureaucrat's going to show up to ruin it. I a-
1: think he was right with that uh, That ultimate fighting championship. We should have the politicians in there beating the crap out of each other. Oh, that I would pay be to fun to watch.
0: I would pay good money for that. 800-259-9231. Oh, and we could gamble on it, too, in a free market. That'd Sweet. be fun, too. 800 259 And we wouldn't be really losing
2: anything. Take control of the airwaves. I Fred Thompson can take Bush any day.
0: <laughs> Bring up whatever's on your mind. This <laughs> is Free Talk Live. More about seatbelts coming up. <laughs> Free Talk Live is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll free at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free live for you. Ian here with you. And Wayne and Mark. And you can join us online at Freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free, including live streams. By the way, we're going to be doing a special edition of the show tomorrow afternoon. In fact, uh what you want to do is if you're an internet listener, you can listen. We will have our live streams going. Got a broadband version, a dial-up version, both of them completely free. So we're going to do our regular show at night, as we we always do, from 7 to 10 Eastern. But from 3 to 4 o'clock Eastern Time, and that's 12 to 1 Pacific Time, we are going to be doing a special one-hour edition of Free Talk Live for KSCO AM 1080 out in Santa Cruz, California. So if you live in the uh, Santa Cruz area, you'll actually be able to turn on your radio and listen to... uh, our show, it'll only be broadcast on that one radio frequency. We're doing sort of a little bit of experimental radio. The uh, the guy out there in charge of the station, Michael Zwirling, great guy. He likes Free Talk Live. He's trying to come up with an excuse to get Free Talk Live on the air. So he's sort of testing the waters with us, basically. And I'm sure things will go wonderfully. Uh, I've, I've co-hosted his show with him once. Uh, or I was on his show as a guest, and we stirred up the phones, and people were calling in all over the place to talk to the crazy libertarian on the air. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So tomorrow, um, either on the stream or live in Santa Cruz, 1080 KSCO from noon to 1 Pacific time tomorrow. We'll be there.
1: I do love Santa Cruz. It's one of the nicest places in America. 800 like
0: one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. 259 So a few more thoughts uh, from Brian Maher at com, pointing out that he was driving in his car the other day when all of a sudden threats started coming out of his radio. And no, it wasn't the radio station demanding that he pick up the phone and call into a contest. It was uh, the government running those awful... Uh, click it or ticket spots that you might have heard a couple of weeks ago. This was about a week ago at this point. But they were running a a, a campaign nationwide with essentially a 30-second threat spot that, uh, you know, got on the air and spot is another name for commercial. I shouldn't use the industry slang. Uh, get They get on the air and the, the uh, deep-voiced announcer yells at you to wear your seatbelt or else you're going to get stopped by the cops. We're on the lookout for criminals like you and you better buckle up or else. You know, that sort of stuff. Right. And so, as he points out, some may justify the law by claiming it's no big deal. Seatbelt laws
1: save lives, and it's just a small fine. But, but you know, I, so some people may say that, and it, I find it really annoying. Look, when you say that seatbelts save lives, you're talking about in a statistical sense. More, if you, if people, everybody wore a seatbelt, pe- fewer people would die as a result. But those seatbelts kill people, too. It's people die as a result of wearing seatbelts because they can't get away, or their, their neck is snapped, or whatever reason mm-hmm. that they die because of their wearing a seat because of them wearing a seatbelt. So when you mandate that a person wear a seatbelt, you're killing people. You know, um, you may be mandating that people are safe, but you're actually killing people too. When the people get to make a choice, they make the decision, and that's where it should lie. Absolutely. He points out the punishment might be a slap on the wrist. Sure, but
0: that slap on the wrist will soon become a smart rap on the knuckles if you don't play nice. And that smart rap on the knuckles will become a good deal more if you really resist. You'll end up in the hooskau, or worse. Recall that every government law or regulation is ultimately backed by lethal force. Every has to be. single one. This fact is not mentioned in polite company, but it's true nonetheless. Without guns to enforce them, laws would be mere suggestions. Bear that in mind the next time you hear about some piece of proposed legislation. Now, please understand, I am in no way opposed to seatbelt use. To the contrary, you're a fool not to wear one. Please wear your seatbelt. And I'm not opposed to requiring the children who lack the ability to make rational decisions for themselves be strapped in. However, let us return briefly to first principles. And he goes on to talk about how laws were instituted among men to defend members of society against the predations of other members of society. The only legitimate law is one that serves that purpose. Any law that strays beyond that function in order to regulate the private behavior of Compton adults is a perversion of justice. So he points out, for instance, that a law requiring... One to operate a safe vehicle, in his mind, would be much more just than a law requiring a seatbelt, because an unsafe vehicle with, say, bad brakes could put another person in danger. He says, as John Stuart Mill so wisely averred, the only purpose for which power can be rightfully exercised over any member of a civilized community against his will is to prevent harm to others. These are good reasons for remonstrating with him, or reasoning with him, or persuading him, or entreating him, but not for compelling him, or visiting him with any evil in case he do otherwise. He also writes, The sole end for which mankind are warranted, individually or collectively, in interfering with the liberty of action of any of their number, is self-protection. He says, that's my argument in a nutshell. In other words, if you're not harming anyone, you should be left the hell alone, period. It's really that simple. This basic precept of classical liberalism undergirds the basic moral and legal structure of a genuinely free society. It clearly delineates the sphere of individual liberty while setting definite limits about the power of the collective. And When it crosses that line, government becomes not a defender of rights, but an aggressive violator of them. Need it be suggested that our government does not consider itself bound by such fetters? No, I don't think it does. The libertarian-minded economist Walter Williams asked this question when considering the legitimacy of government action. Does the government own us? Could anyone really answer that question? Yes? I wonder about that. I don't see how they could. And and if you can answer that question, yes, I'd like to hear from you at 800-259-9231. Does the government own us? Does the government own you? It's a question that should really be considered far more closely. Does it own us? If it does, then I suppose it can order us to wear seatbelts or motorcycle helmets or prohibit us from using fireworks or ingesting trans fats or various chemicals that it doesn't sanction. Or it can force us to brush our teeth twice a day or dance the tango, for that matter. Why not? Or not dance. There are still anti-dancing laws on the books in some places. Yeah. Why not? Baptists do not like dancing. If government does not own us or, on the other hand, needless to say, we may reach a somewhat different conclusion. And I certainly do. Some may also argue that seatbelt use is a public safety concern and should be mandatory because it costs us all money when people suffer needless injuries that could be prevented. And they have a point. Traffic injuries probably cost billions per year. But this shouldn't be a paramount concern of government it is a concern of government, however, because we live in a society in which medical costs are increasingly borne by the government. By you and me, really. Government munificence often comes affixed to a string, and since government is paying an increased portion of our medical bills, it believes it has the right to enact measures designed to reduce its costs. I suspect a list, I suspect a list of banned activities and substances will grow. Now, Mark, you and I actually saw this sort of mentality in action at the State House the other day. Mm-hmm. The bureaucrats or the elected officials were getting up there and saying, Well, and you, were you there, Wayne? You were no. not there for this. They, they were getting up there and they were saying, now I understand "Live Free or Die," and I agree with "Live Free or Die." And I would like to live free of as many taxes as possible. But. And the fact is that these uh, car accidents with seat, uh, people not wearing their seatbelts are costing us more tax money. And if we ban, you know, if we mandatory uh, mandate seatbelt use, then that then that amount will go down. That'll mean a lower tax burden for New Hampshireites. And to a tax, you know, to somebody who's really concerned about taxes. That sounds like a
1: persuasive argument. But the government created that problem in the, in the, from the get-go by right. guaranteeing health care for people that do stupid things.
2: Right. And when they did that independent study, they found out that New Hampshire has virtually the same compliance rate with seatbelt buckling as the neighboring states who
1: have mandatory laws. Well, they, they, New Hampshire's the lowest in the nation, and they're about a percentage point less than uh, Massachusetts, which is right nearby. There are states that are higher, but it's still... I don't even know about the, you know, what sort of uh, system do they use for collecting this data? If they check in town, I mean, if they're checking in Keene, I don't wear a seatbelt in town because I never go above 35 miles an hour. What do I need a seatbelt for? But if I get out on the highway, I'm wearing one. I doubt that there's some little, um, you know, poll taker sitting on the st- the high the the, the side of uh, I-93 <laughs> checking these things. Dangerous out there.
0: Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I like this uh, this line. As government seeks to do more for us. It also must do more to us. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. To us, our freedoms. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com. All the features for free. Shrine of Female listeners, included dozens and dozens of ladies, have sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean? By heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. Most visited
1: page on the, the site.
0: Yeah, that's shrine.freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival's better known as Pork Fest just days from now starting June 18th through the 24th at Pork Fest you'll be able to talk with New Hampshire natives and those who've made the the, uh, the move by the way the Free State Project bus tours sold out so if you haven't gotten on board with that you're SOL on those socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty and discover new freedoms new communities and new beginnings register today at porkfest.com that's p o r c f e s t Dot com. You know, I wonder if the uh, the Keen bus tour is going to come down uh, past the Free Talk Live studio. And on your left is the Free Talk Live studio. I doubt by.
1: very many people know where it is. Yeah. The yeah. Sort of reclusive habits that you have. That's not necessarily true, Mark. We've had some of our listeners come by. That's and, true. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Certainly more people know where the uh, studios are than, uh, than, than they did my, in Florida. Than know where my house is. That's true.
0: 1-800-259-9231. So get registered for that at Porkfest.com. We're going to be there. Wayne, are you going to make it out for Porkfest?
1: Yes. Okay, cool. One, Although, one I did. Day. I'm sorry. I
2: was going to say, yeah, I'll be there one day because we'll be moving. So.
1: Oh, okay. I, I did have a uh, listener over at my house today. We were uh, sort of exchanging uh, libertarian fiction. Mike Lowry. He uh, Very cool. walked into my house, gun on his hip. You know, we've got, uh, there's uh, there's so much going on and so many different opportunities to
0: get interactive with so many different Liberty lovers here in New Hampshire. It's really just amazing. Uh, let's go to the phones and to the fun. Let's talk to Keith in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Keith. Hey, guys. What's on your mind
12: tonight? I, I saw all three of your mugs at the uh, Liberty Forum.
1: <laughs> Great. <Thank you.
12: laughs> I, I, I met Wayne in the bathroom by the urinal.
1: No. And I met Ian. <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop meeting yeah. me like that.
12: Mark, I've seen you around a couple places. <laughs> Ian, I met you by the elevator. And in the middle of our conversation, you dove. Towards the closing doors of the elevator and crashed into the side of the elevator and I think gave everyone a heart attack on on board. That's
1: it's funny. Hard to, it's I hard, don't hard to remember Ian, that. It's hard to let Ian out of the house. You know, you, you do such strange things. <laughs> I, I don't remember I that happening. About, you don't remember <laughs> that in the middle of
12: our conversation? You dove towards the closing elevator doors and you slammed right into the side. It was like, <laughs> um, okay. I want to talk about traffic cameras. Sure. I've been worked up all day about this and I got mm. no one else to vent to, so I figured that's I call why you. we're here. Exactly. So you're talking about seatbelts. I went to lunch today. My my typical drive, fast food drive-through. Sometimes you know, when no when mm-hmm. no one else will go with me, I notice cameras are going up everywhere, and they're not they're not the typical you know hidden, um, obscure little cameras. They're these big giant pods that hang off of uh, the boom from red lights, yeah. and there's like three or four at, at a red light, and they can turn. They can zoom in on you. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're not traffic you know, they're not uh catching people that are running red lights. They're for the police to monitor the intersection. That's correct. Yeah, and I mean I must have passed twenty twenty them just you know, with going uh you know, five mile round trip at the most. Mm-hmm. And um Where in just, Pennsylvania are you? Uh southeast Pennsylvania.
0: Okay. Was it a little town? I'm just I'm just curious as like yeah, no,
12: it's, it's a no. It, it's a fairly a a you know, um, Southern populated uh, area. Okay. But anyway, I've been worried about this. So you're talking about seatbelts. Yeah. So can the camera zoom in on me and, uh, you know, eventually they're going to use it for things that, you know, they're not disclosing or they didn't intend. Sure. And, uh and, and that, it just worries me,
1: anyway. Yeah, you know, um, the, the, when the cops come up to your car and they have a, uh, a flashlight and they're, they're peering around the inside of your car, they're not just doing, you know, they're doing that because they want to look around in your car. Right. Are you telling exactly. me if they have cameras that they won't be looking around in your car? They want to look around when they're standing next to it. Why wouldn't they if they had cameras? Mm-hmm.
2: And in the 60s, they had spy planes that could read the time off your watch on the ground. So you can imagine what they've got now with the capability of right. these cameras. They are can now. tell your
1: DNA.
12: Well they, well, they can at least they can at least uh, scan your license plate. I mean, they do have cameras that do that, mm-hmm. yep. and you know, and they can it can alert the authorities. They can you know anytime your plate is recognized if it's on you know if it's on the watch list. Not that mine is, but it's still a scary thought. You know, the authorities can be alerted when you uh, went to a, a specific intersection. They can you know catch you at the next one. Um, yeah, you know, it's really for whatever spooky. reason. It's strange. So I went to the the municipality's website. And they say that they talk about Big Brother and uh, how citizens are concerned about Big Brother. And there's no reason to be concerned about Big Brother because this isn't Big Brother. And um, Nothing you know, to it, see
0: here, citizens. They're not looking
12: into your house. Exactly. And they also said that it's okay for them to monitor because um, – Driving is a privilege that can be revoked, so right. they're monitoring you. They I love driving.
1: that driving is a privilege thing, but you know, they they tax me um, and they pay for the they pay for my um, the, these roads with my property taxes that I didn't ask them to take. I didn't voluntarily give them the money. They're, exactly. they're threatening me, and then you know they build their roads and then call it a privilege. My privilege exactly. to drive on the road that I paid for that they it, made me pay for. It was for. your
0: privilege to pay us, and now it's going to be your privilege to use what
1: you paid for. It's just a it, more doublespeak. And we used to have you know the right to travel the,
2: in this country.
12: You should. You know what worries me the most is that I don't hear anyone complaining about it you know it, it just seems to what be that, they,
0: what are they supposed to do i mean th- i agree with you where we came from there was a bunch of these cameras down in uh, in sarasota florida all over the place intersection after intersection and the most i ever saw about it was a letter to the editor in the newspaper you know like and the letter wasn't even really necessarily complaining it was just asking why they were there there's right. no there's well, no organized the reason, opposition to this stuff
12: the reason that they give on the on the website is that they can respond instantly to accidents so that tells me that, you know, this, these are manned cameras. This isn't just going into a hard disk somewhere. There's people in a room somewhere watching the cameras, you know. That's well, correct. <laughs> I, like that a
1: little, I like that a little better, although they'll probably save the information anyway. But, but uh, everybody's got a you know, cell they're phone. They're not really watching.
12: Everybody's got a cell phone, right? Mm. I mean, if an accident happens, you know, you'll have a dozen people calling.
1: Absolutely. I mean, they're, you know? they're not concerned about accidents. No right. way. And if this were a private road
0: situation, then I wouldn't be too concerned with it because I don't have to worry about a private road owner sending me with a bunch of uh, sending me you a don't. bunch of
12: threats. You don't. Um, but there there is the uh, there is the concept of slaving a camera so that a camera normally is you know within the local network of whatever security zone that you're talking about, whether mm-hmm. it's Walmart or a local municipality. But the camera, you know, there's a uh, there's like a super network that can be set up where the camera can be, become a slave to, you know, whatever security zone supersedes that one. And that could be all the way up to the federal government.
1: I so you're I mean, saying that, that the federal government can have some kind of control over these cameras? Theory. theory I don't know yeah. about
12: the ones I saw specifically, but that is a concept. Absolutely. With the Internet, absolutely could happen. Exactly, right. And you know what it worries me? The um, You know, these metro zones are becoming wired. You know, they're wiring up the entire city. Well, you can have a solar panel and a wireless a little wireless card, and these cameras can show up everywhere. You know, th- th- that's going to open up... Um,
0: Hackers, you know, hacking opportunities. When
12: wireless is ubiquitous, they can put cameras everywhere.
0: Yep, you're right. And that's the direction it's going in. And thank you exactly. for the call, Keith. We appreciate One hearing more from things. you. Oh, sorry about that. 800-259-9231. Call us tomorrow night because we've got a bunch of calls to get to. Uh, let's talk to Scott in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Scott.
13: How are you? Great. I want What's to say anyway? that... Well, I want to say that uh, both communists, uh, capitalists, and libertarians are subject to corruption and deterioration of the system that will result in uh, tyranny. Um, What I think we need is a hybrid system that blends elements of both philosophies but then what we should focus on is strengthening our system of checks and balances to prevent corruption. I don't think we need a
0: system at all. I think what we need to have is a lack of a system, have a free market where those who want to practice communism can practice communism on a voluntary basis. And those who want to practice uh, capitalism can do that. How
13: about so you're that? advocating no government at all. That's, that's my, what he's that's advocating, what and he does it
0: every night of the week. Mark, on the other hand, wants no, well, a government. No, I'm, I'm for a small government. Because he likes gangs. <laughs> small <laughs> gangs. Well, the
13: problem with having no government at all is how would you enforce the laws With like, say, the police force?
0: Uh, well, you would have private <laughs> well, protection. would have one. You would have private protection agencies, not a not a government police force. Yeah,
13: I read that in Murray Ann Rothbard's For a New Liberty, and that just seemed uh, extreme. It seemed like you're going to, uh, of course, they're going to want to maximize profits. Really, what seems to extreme it.
0: to me is a uh, our gang of uh, thugs driving around arbitrarily, pulling people over and threatening them. That's what we have today.
13: Anybody who's worked in a corporation knows what, what lengths corporations will go to um, in, in order to uh, make a profit.
0: I would uh, recommend over, that you over... tune in to uh, the earlier portion of the show where we discussed in Jeff. Yeah. Keep there. tuning in
1: because uh, this this argument will go on yeah, forever. Call us please. back sometime.
0: Well, this is a long conversation. Call us at the beginning of an hour tomorrow night. Thanks. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. We've got Brandon, Mike, and Tyler all lined up. I don't know if we'll be able to sneak your call in. You can try it. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call. Maybe 800 259 is the SACL CAI line, of the toll-free one. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online, freetalklive.com. All the features there for free. Though we do ask you to voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier. A lot of our listeners have decided to do this, and we'd like you to join their ranks for as little as three bucks a month. It's automated. You just go and sign up, PayPal, any major credit card, takes it right out of your account, and it's less than the price of a cup of coffee, three bucks a month. And what what do we do with that money, Mark? When that money comes in, what happens to it?
1: Hookers and cocaine? Oh, come on now. (laughs) (laughs) We use it to advertise, market, and promote. Free Talk Live. We that's buy, right. Uh, a- advertising in industry magazine like Talkers Magazine. Um, we use it for Google uh, AdWords or something like that. I'm not sure how that internet stuff works exactly, but I know that we use it for internet advertising, and we use it to go to uh, conventions and to uh, sort the of the bulk of it. Probably 99% of it honestly goes towards recruiting radio stations. That's where
0: most of it's going at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we we just have a limited amount. We've got a certain goal that we want to reach, and uh, the radio stations are really where we can really build this business. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're focusing on. In fact, this weekend we're going to the Talker's New Media Seminar, and the only reason we're going there, it's a talk radio shindig convention thing, the only reason we're going there is because of our amplifiers. The reason we're on 25 radio stations is because of our amplifiers. I think without the AMP program, we might be on five. So, realistically, you guys are making it happen, and all you, all you need to do is send us 3 bucks a month. But it's voluntary, so if you can't afford it, no big deal. Enjoy all the features for free, because all of our website's free, unlike those other guys. So if you want to help support the show, do it voluntarily. And go to amp.freetalklive.com, and you get perks. You get access to the AMP-only call-in lines, forum, and chat room. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com. To the phones, it's Brandon in Indiana. Hey, Brandon.
14: Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. It's been a while. Yes, it
0: has. Uh, what's on your mind tonight?
14: I just, um, a few uh, callers back, um, one was talking about uh, the history um, behind uh, laissez-faire capitalism. He referred to the um, Rockefeller, I think it was, and the mine situation where there was a big shootout. And um, tons of people died. I can't exactly remember specifically, but I think this is a real calling for libertarians to really familiarize themselves with the truth about history and the libertarian perspective on history, which is something that, uh, we have an uphill battle against because um, right now there's a tax funding of socialist perspective on history. Yeah, right.
1: we call it public school.
14: And that, that, that's what we call it. We call it public schools. And um, uh, my experience has been um, that capitalism is the evil system, whereas socialism is the benevolent system. And um, they'll try to back this up with um, with history. And it's just complete fabrication. It's propaganda. Right. It's, it's, a, it's a lie. It's the history they decided to write. Exactly. And... and um. One of the um, major major issues they try to pass off as um, proof that capitalism doesn't work—in other words, proof that freedom doesn't work, proof that you need to be enslaved—is the Great Depression. I don't want to get into that, but mm. that's just something that uh, I think is a calling to all libertarians to familiar, familiarize yourself with right. economic history. Uh,
0: that, I agree with you, and um, it's you know it's certainly a. Uh, It's a big task. I mean, just learning about the Great Depression on its own is a a big issue. Uh, Mary Ruart does address it very effectively in her excellent book, Healing Our World, and she points out that it was essentially the monetary policy of the country that brought on the Great Depression more so than anything else. Yeah, and if
14: I might, um, Ayn Rand's Capitalism, The Unknown Ideal, Murray Rothbard's America's Great Depression, Thomas H. Wood's Politically Incorrect Guide to American History all address it. In a, in a pretty readable format, obviously Rothbard is probably the most technical. But mm-hmm. in your last caller mentioned something about a hybrid of communism and, and, uh, and capitalism. And that's just nothing more than a fancy word for a mixed economy. Well, we don't have a choice. There is no choice of a mixed economy. We, it's either socialism or it's freedom. It's either socialism or it's capitalism. There is no third choice. And um, a lot of times people say, well, you don't have a third choice. It's a false dichotomy. Well, that's just not the case. Every time we have a mixed economy, it always progresses towards more slavery. It's a road to serfdom, as Hayek said. That's
0: a great I agree. Point. Yeah, I'm
14: with you. man.
2: Thanks for the call, dude. Good hearing from you, and call us again sometime. Yeah, people talk about the depression as if it were a hurricane or something. I mean, it was caused by the government. It was right. caused by bad trade policies, bad <laughs> monetary policies, fiat currency, fiat currency, fractional reserve banking. All these things caused the depression. It wasn't a free market because we didn't have a free market currency by the. Phrase. Right, a lot
1: of people will gain, will will blame it on gold. Um, you know, like the gold backing of the uh, of the dollar. But you know, the the gold backing of the dollar fractional reserve banking came in with the Federal Reserve in 1913, and that's what caused the problems. Then uh, Roosevelt, I believe, it was
2: 1936.
1: thirty three. Thirty three Um you know, uh, made it illegal for people to own gold period yeah. and then um and, and took the domestic backing of the doll, uh, of gold backing of the dollar away and then 1967 or so 71 71 they pulled the uh they pulled the international, international. Uh, backing of gold away too cuz uh, France tried to uh call in its debts and you know the America's debts in gold and so now our dollar's, and the dollar's been plummeting nothing.
0: for decades mm-hmm, that's right. as
1: a result of that. And at, that can wreak all kinds of havoc
2: on, uh, on the economy. And actually, in Spain right now, there's a, there's a problem going on right now. There was a story just yesterday on uh, dailywealth.com, uh, June fifth, 2007. We'll talking, need the executive summary on this. Okay. Executive summary is in the last two months, Spain has dumped like 80 tons of gold on the world markets. And they've dumped a whole bunch of U.S. treasuries and other similar reserve instruments at a similar rate because they're going broke. Because they're in the euro system now. They gave up their own currency uh, to go on the euro. Mm. And the problem with the euro is it further centralizes the monetary power in Europe. So that some countries actually need to have uh, interest rates cuts. Whereas other um, countries need just the opposite depending on their local economy. But uh, the euro is really just a warmed over version of of the, uh, the German mark. So Germany tends to be fa- more favored in the monetary why would, policy.
0: Why would one country jump on board with that? What was the interest in the politicians as far as signing on for that?
2: Well, there were promises of more stability and ease of um, trade between the countries because they wouldn't have to convert their currencies, and and uh, so there was some. I see. There was a lot of of talk about how it was going to be better to centralize the money power in Europe. When really it's So they bought the a bill of goods, basically. Yeah, they did. Let's go to the phones. we got to uh, get a mic in Texas. You're
0: on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mike.
15: Good evening, gentlemen. How Good. are you all doing this Great. evening?
0: Great. What's Good. on your mind?
15: Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, something I heard interesting. Uh, I have satellite radio also, and I got a chance to hear the NBC News coverage of the D-Day invasion as it happened in uh, June of 1944.
8: Mm-hmm. That's interesting.
15: And what's amazing to me is the reporters back then were so much better compared to the corporate media we have now. These guys had less to work on. They only had telephones, radio, teletype, pencil, and paper, and the way they described this thing was incredible. Hmm. I mean, I mean, that's the thing I'm so amazed about was that in the days of radio, our, our journalism was actually better.
1: And you felt like you were there, kind of situation. Yeah. You know, I, I you, you, I've heard Edward R. Murrow and and um, you know some old broadcasts like that, and I and uh, of course War of the Worlds, who hasn't heard that and. You know, I really I, I have the feeling that uh, perhaps uh, journalists have lost the ability to paint these word pictures like they used to have simply because they had to have them back then. Now we right. have television; people have gotten lazy.
0: Well, also you got cut and paste. I mean, you just pick up a press release from the government, copy it, change a few words, and put it out as though it's a news story these days too.
2: Yeah, and
15: you know this correspondent that, uh, who really stood out was named as Robert St. John, re- reporting from the NBC studios in New York, and the way he was describing it was that they. They said, "Ladies and gentlemen, we have prepared for months for this invasion to bring you all the coverage that NBC can handle." It's amazing. I mean, they prepared for this thing. Mm. They have uh. maps in the in in their studio. Even though it was on radio only?
0: Well, they still prepare these days. They get the uh, the music. Uh, the, they've got their in-house composer that composes a you know, tr- patriotic-sounding right. tune and that sort of thing. So there's still some work put into it. Um, but uh, that's an interesting observation in that they had to do more work to put out the same amount of product back then. And as a result of uh, the effort that they put into it, it might have been a more robust, um, better creative product. And and those those young journalists back then um, weren't educated
2: so much by the centralized government school system, so they might have been a little bit smarter, too. Well, yeah, they were more more objective, but they were also, back then, they were truly journalists. They were uh, trying to get to the truth.
0: Great comparison, Mike. Thanks for the time and appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. Just enough time to slip in. Tyler in Michigan, you're on Free Talk Live, Tyler.
2: How are
16: you doing tonight, guys? Great. What's up? Um, tonight I wanted to talk about, um, well, mainly the, uh, the question that was uh, raised a little earlier about uh, if the government really controls us or not. Um in my opinion I don't I know I think as long as our uh, second amendment rights still stand you know we're we're free men it's just going to come down to you know if if I guess if you're uh, if well I guess what I'm getting to is um there's a bill in uh, the House of Representatives right now uh, 1022 I don't know if you guys have heard of it it's the uh, I don't think assault so. weapons ban and law enforcement protection oh, act boy. of 07 Okay <laughs> Okay. Um I got I got the um the just the summary here. It, it basically it's a uh, it's a cosmetic cosmetic ban on firearms, but it's going to affect virtually every semi-auto. Mm. Oh, um, and you know I I think like you know the government is instituting more uh systems of control into our daily lives. You know, well, you've got the cameras
0: yeah, I agree with you. I think that we're still – we're fr- we're as free as we want to be. Um And exactly. it, it goes back – and thank you for the call. It goes back to Thomas Jefferson's quote, you know, when uh, the people fear the government, there's tyranny. When the government fears the people, there's liberty. It's really just a matter of we can be free again so long as we're all willing to stand up and demand that freedom back. But as long as we're all bending over for whatever rules the government p- puts out there, then we're that much less free. It's been Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. So stand up for your liberties or you will lose them. See you tomorrow night. Online in the meantime, freetalklive.com.